Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. Oh, there's like a countdown on the recording, too. That's I really hate the countdown. It freaks me out. Can I it my service? You know what I mean? Am I coming through at all? My line isn't yes, coming yeah. through. It, I, we should have checked to see if we were. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. You're That's the kind of thing we usually like, do before recording. Aaron is just uh, like. Does everyone see Aaron's just swallowing the? Aaron's track? always looks like that. Literally, yeah, always. I know. Yeah. I end up editing it. I have a good mic. No, it's a good mic. You can see how far we're. This is good mic etiquette. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm right. I'm right here, brother. I'm right here. You can see how far I'm a little freaked. You solved this one in post. Thanks. Feels like I solve everything in post here on Trilove, yeah. uh, the literal roundtable podcast. We talk about movies we saw or people we met at the Trilon Cinema. We're going to be talking about a lot of those things tonight uh, here on the very special episode, Capping 2021, with the ino- sorry, not inaugural, annual Golden Berries Awards. Thank you very much. Woo! What, what do we. Um, woo! Sure. Play the Zuda Lords one. It's yeah, the Golden Berries. Zuda Lords! <laughs> ah, it's the Golden Berries, everybody. Kick back. Uh, enjoy the next four and a half hours of audio content. Uh, this is where we wrangle the best and the brightest of the year in podcasting that was 2021 for Trilove. Uh, you'll hear about things we've seen, things we didn't see. You'll hear about things we recorded on, things we didn't record on. You'll hear about best guests. You'll hear about king and queen of the Triline. Yes, we're going to crown them tonight royalty for the remaining year until it has to pass to, who knows, in 2022. Uh, my name is Jason Daphnis. You can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus, uh, and you can find our podcast, Trilove, at Trilove Podcast. Uh, I'm Cody Narvison, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. I don't know what to expect with this manic episode hell yeah that's 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 my line for for my opening really preserving your energy there cody i like it you know that we're in for the long haul i think the last one of these the second annual golden berries went three hours i believe or as you had said before <laughs> two hours 53 minutes and then the length of amadeus amadeus uh who knows <laughs> well i have the i have the athlete's perspective of uh, it's a marathon not a sprint gentlemen wow that's beautiful cody i'm going all out leaving it all in the paint you leave things on the paint, right? You can leave things on the paint. Hey, what if you're a sprinter? Nope. Nope, but power through I can, it, What I if you're a sprinter? I'm going to sprint for you the entire marathon the is what I'm saying. I'm Harry Mackin. You can find me on Twitter at Shiitake Harry. Woo! Uh, my name's Aaron. Folks, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I came here to win. You can find me on Twitter at RBPlease. Did you? A, you said that last year too. Not a, co- not a And I came there to win, and guess what happened? As a reminder, this is not a competition in which any of us can win. This is the thank you, honor, Jason, to honor the films and episodes uh, that defined 2021. Um, I forget how we transitioned into the into the awards. Should we just get straight into it? Because you know this is going to run long. Last time we did sort we, of a mopey emo like we're going to talk about how the pandemic is ruining all oh, of our lives weird. bit. Oh, um, well, who would yeah, have thought at the beginning of the year this is where we'd be? Let's that fucking kind of do thing. that. Uh, this was a lot 
better year for actually seeing movies at the trial because we actually saw movies at the trial on. Um, yeah, I it was a really hey. I don't know about you guys, but it was well, we even I did, did. even I came to town, saw you a bunch did. of horror films. You joined for the horror that was pretty great, was yeah, to see you there. Um, but in general, uh, we got our first trial of uh, excuse me, trial on God, we're just so part of one entity, you know. Uh, the first, the very first Trilon secret screening, right? Like, not just a private screening, not just a, we got invited by John, but like the Trilon Club hosted its first secret screening in 2020. Right. Is that right? Not, not a, uh, in the way that Harry described us last year, a, a privileged little assholes screening. Um, yeah, one put put forth by uh, John Moret and the Trilon gang and um, the Trilon gang, sure. Uh, and all the, um, yeah, the, the super John secret and the council of elders who <laughs> love Trilon all along. Um, deuces. Yeah, no, I, I had nothing, I have nothing else to say about that. It's really cool that that, uh, that that's something that they added onto their their programming, um, and I'm I'm torn because I want uh, everybody to be a part of it, but also I I, I don't. Um, it's kind of nice to be exclusive. So cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have that pass. You know, what I mean? think the, 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 the thing about it is that they they gave numbers out to people who joined the club particularly early, and I believe that I think I'm number six. Cody, are you number four? I'm. I sent it to Jason because I was very pleased with yeah. it one time. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'll look it up in the background, but somebody else um, and then should Jason's say like their number. I'm a very high it. number. Yeah, yeah. I am. I'm, I'm like a 43, you know. Oh, a 43? I mean, I Man, don't live there I, anymore. Like, I, get this. Get this. I am number 117. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. You know, I'm actually very thankful they have that many like that's very good to hear that they have i guess i don't know what i'd expect more than that less than that but like i will say that since uh since since moving i'm still of course subscribed to the the trilon the trilon club membership because i you know it's a nice thing to do i support them i have to i have been collecting film club memberships like pokemon cards over here facets music box uh trial like uh it is it is the drill tweet about candles but it's about <laughs> my entire budget being defined by just movie theater memberships uh my family is dying what's the best uh, well, well, theater you you went to this year at, in oh, chicago yeah. in uh i mean I went to Facets once. I did see Funeral Parade of Roses there, which is a very good movie. Uh, oh, one yeah. of Harry's favorites. Um, I will say that I think the the music box is really good. I don't think it quite has the like the one hundred percent repertory style that Trilon has, but I think in terms of like uh, kind of that mix that something like the Uptown Theater was, uh, I think that the music box really nails that. They have a live organist for a lot of their shows. Oh, so they're like they do, the like, heights of Chicago, kind of. Mm. Yeah, except well, you know, come on. Yeah, they're the better heights of Chicago. Also, very kind of like the heights. Is it the yeah? Very long theater, just like a lot. Like they just stretched it out hardcore. Uh, if you maybe sit in the back of that theater, I would pull a gun on all of you. I think is the it's it's so long. But yes, the Music Box Theater. I would all say. Right, is well, my fuck all those theaters. They're not the Trilon, and they're not in Minneapolis. I'm sorry, I asked. Agreed. Yes, so of I was going to say. Let's, none, none of them hold a the candle. I'm sure to the Trilon right. or the Trilon. That's exactly club. right. Uh, you, had, uh, you brought up that the Trilon Club had its movies this year. Uh, do you remember the first film? What that the name the of very, the actual film was? That the very, was their first secret screening? We can cut this out if none of us remember. I do was, not. Was the train the first was, one? Was it or the was train? That the second because, one? because the second one was the um, uh, Columbo. Columbo, episode, right? Columbo yeah. Oh, so yeah. Are there only so the two so far? 
I was trying to, yes. There yes. Were, yeah, I think the next one's I just get them mixed up with our private screenings, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, you know, uh-huh. we're, we're all uh-huh. there. Uh, yes, I was trying to remember if there was one before the train, but there wasn't. Uh, no. What was it afterward John screened The Incredible Shrinking Man? I think that Which was... Which one was that after? That was before one did of them, he, wasn't it? No, it was after. That was after, right, because right. I remember one, like waging whether or not I was going to stay up for it, and I did, and it was one, worth it. One of the times uh, he screened all the marbles, and then Harry and I went back and saw that during one of the, the scheduled short times. I think it was after the... Ooh, was it the second one? He screened a Denis Villeneuve picture. That's right. Just well, prisoners, for, I, for no I believe. For, uh, no, I, no, it was... Uh, Enemy? Incendies? No, it was Incendies. Yeah, that's right. I was like, man, starting up a, a two-hour, thirty-five-minute movie at eleven p.m. You'll love to see it. You'd love to see like it. it. Nothing like it. I mean, we didn't see it because we we went home and went to bed. I would have seen. You would love to see it, but yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm blaming. Jordan. In theory, I would love to see it. Us. We right. loved to snooze it. Um, well, that I mean, only at the Trilon, only in 2021. Uh, but hey, check it out at Trilon.org, where you can become a member of the Trilon Club for a lot of other cool shit that happens there, including like discount cards and. The monthly programs that they, or sorry, quarterly programs that they send out, and secret screenings, and merch, be, and, and and well, yeah, I, I guess some merch occasionally comes through. Uh, they've been really lacking in that respect. I need like a mask that fits my face. Um, uh, that that one Hausu mask, coolest mask. It fits like right over my mustache. This is like the sixth else. time we've had this conversation. He fucking hates the mask, Trilon. He just he I, he's I, so I, angry I love about the mask. It. I hate the mask. It's uh you know his mustache takes up so much room that he can't Why he can't stuff it into a normal head. mask. You ever think about that? His yeah. skull think grew a certain because he was homeschooled and he just takes it out on the rest of the world. It's not really fair. With each podcast, his head grows just slightly larger, and so now none of the conventional masks fit on his face anymore. Are you all fucking done? Can we do this? <laughs> no. Yeah, let's go. All right. If you're Six done. minutes into the We Love Trilon episode. Hey, and another thing I really don't like about the Trilon. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how uh, we keep we them should... hungry. You know, we, we risk coming across as simps if we're just all praise all the time. We have. Um, to, oh, now, like, now yeah. you're concerned Stay about. Stay on that for a little while longer, Harry. Yeah. Yeah, keep I think that, that shit has kind of sailed, huh? What uh, what what do you want to see from the trial on in 2022, guys? Real quick before we get into our nominees, I will say, I want to see more anime. Once yeah, we surprise. get more anime, I will I will I will I will devise some a new bit after we actually get that anime. But that bit is going to be like we get more Roman Pinku or something that I know is also not going to happen until it happens, and then I'm going to get onto a new bit. But for right now, my bit is animate the trial on. Once we have that, um, hopefully that happens in 2022. Uh, uh, Harry, what what are you hoping for? Sorry, isn't all Pinku Japanese sort of by the nature of the genre phrase? I I think you're asking for Roman pornography. Believe isn't that, that is what the, that would yeah. be in that case? I, th- I think you. I mean, Google his it point stands. Yeah. What would you What would you call thank, it? Thank, I guess like thank, thank you for thank you for picking away though at the specific words I used instead of just yes anding. That's uh, yeah. yeah. Great no, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Um, do you think <laughs> that uh, you would you would come up with something special like a special genre name? I feel like there's a really ripe mm-hmm. for for specifically the Roman equivalent of pinku, and you're the expert. Oh, well, n- n- now we're back on the semantics. Um, uh. We can also drop this bit. I think for the trilon, yeah, what I would like to see more is, um, let's see. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of um, when they show long series by single directors that sort of fill in a um, 
like a niche. I some of the my favorite director series this year were like um, I really appreciated the opportunity to see the Werner Herzog. Um, I really liked the Romer series we just finished. Um, obviously, the Wong Kar Wai series was a highlight for me. Um, next year, there's that late Kurosawa that's coming out that I'm really really excited oh, for. Oh yeah. Um, so. I, I guess like I really like those, but also now that I'm saying it, I really like the Florida Noir series too. So maybe like I, w- I would like really interesting one-off series too, as long as you can find really good themes for it. Yeah. Um, I, I realize that I've now I've now sanded down my um, answer to series at the Trilon, and um, we're going to get. Harry'd like to see movies. He would like to see some yeah. films playing at the Trilon. I collections of moving images. Let's see. Uh, All the Marbles was on 16 millimeter. I think that's the only 16 millimeter we've seen so far. Um, I want to see more that of that for right. sure. Yeah, because they they freshly got a 16 mil projector for this 2021 year. programming, yep. right? Yeah. So hopefully he gets more of that in. Um, I hope to rent it out again. Uh, I hope that we can get some cool shit going in there. That'd, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Cody. Honestly, same, same I, I yeah, I got thinking about, I mean, th- this is maybe sort of a cop-out answer, but I mean, they did a lot of stuff this year that I really liked and was very, I mean, I, I was thankful for the opportunity to like basically on a silver platter, hey, self you know that you haven't seen any eric romer films that's sort of like like in the back of your mind that's in that collection of filmmakers that you know nothing about here's just a you know a specific decade of his career have at it big guy and like that just worked out or like um like harry was talking about the late kurosawa series i mean uh for my own like selfish uh, gains um, like three of the movies in that series are on my uh, letterbox watch list. And just any time that like my, my trial on viewing sync up with my own like vague personal aims when it comes to watching films, it's just like, Ooh, like the universe comes together and is like, we're going to, we're going to really make Cody's, you know, next three weeks. Um, so you're asking and, John, uh, who... I have no way of sharing. Sure. Yeah. You go ahead. You're, you're basically asking John who follows you on letterboxd, I believe to look at your watch list and then start to create, curate his film series based on that right that's that's what i was gonna say is like and i'm never going to uh, oh, i can make my i could make my watch list private i believe i think that's a, a set don't I, do that not, yeah just like yeah you have to guess what i want to watch i mean uh, John. I, was, I was gonna say like with the fact that watch lists are just ever expanding piles of movies like it's not gonna be hard for something to appear at the trial on and be like oh, that's also on my watch or that's like tangent to my watch because my watch list encompasses like 30 percent of known film at this point it's just never getting smaller um aaron wh- what what could they play at the trial on that would get you to specifically come back here not like because diana's in town or because you got a pass or something like that what would make you come back to minneapolis that would be playing at the trial on? make me come back to minneapolis uh if just to see ooh, th- uh Probably something pretty crazy on film would would do it. Uh, I will say that in general, maybe not come back to Minneapolis because there are financial and scheduling obligations there that are interesting. But come in general, on, I think that on. I my my I think most appreciate. We'll talk about best film series in a bit, but I think my most my most like appreciated film series are the ones that uh, give a pretty comprehensive view on whatever the subject is that they're uh uh kind of you know giving an overview on so i really like the wong kar Wai. i like the tati i mean tati it's like we saw like what four or five out of his six films you know what yeah. i mean like that that like that kind of stuff um uh, is what i i think i appreciate the most so 
yeah. I think that is a, a a good one, but also just anything that surprises me. You know, uh, we'll talk about it probably in a bit later. But yeah, any anything where it's like did not see that coming, completely blindsided me. This is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Drunken Master Two again. Drunken Master uh, Two. I think there's at least one of those every year, right? One that like I had never heard of or never um, sort of like considered that just comes out of nowhere and, and becomes like one of the like defining movies that I love. I think <laughs> kind of like a dry Rose is what you're talking about. What's that? Kind of like maybe a dry run. Spring Breakers was not the one I had in mind, but it is a dry run. Yes, Cody, that is literally a category I'm realizing now. We'll talk about it. I don't need to belabor the point. Let's do it. I wouldn't call Spring Breakers a dry run because I had heard too much about it from Aaron. Yeah, no, because Aaron never shuts the fuck up about it. It couldn't be a dry run for anybody. (laughs) My boy is currently wearing a Florida like Malibu sunshine print. I am dressing like a late period Florida noir. Like I'm, I am doing it. I did it because we're 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 shooting. We're doing the video, which I didn't know was not going to be recorded. But I was like, I can't just. I was wearing a a bro tank, and I'm like, I can't just wear a bro tank. That's you're an asshole if you do that, right? You're the only guy wearing a bro tank on a recording. So I, I put my what I like to call, um, yeah, just like Australian costume uh, on, and that's uh, that's what I'm rocking. (laughs) Your bush hunter. Uh, well, that is enough uh, looking forward. Um, in ugh, He just gave me eyes through the camera, and I regret turning on the camera. Uh, that's enough looking forward. Like the Roman god of the past and future, Janus, we must look back at 2021 with a series... I leaving the phrase in the chat, too. Uh, with a series of nominations and awards uh, recognizing the best and brightest films and best and brightest episodes of Try Love, Shown at the Trilon. That was not semantics. I'm all turned around. Um, where do we start here, guys? Do we start with our nominations for best pi- best picture, or do we start with um, with we this? Get, we uh, just this go right down the line. So it, I believe we go. Pictures. We wrote the doc chronologically, bro. Excellent. Yep, then yep. we're starting yep. with nominations for picture of the year. Starting with Aaron. No, that's not what those. Are. Uh, these are, no, that's not what it is at all, Jason. Okay, well, you can, you Jason, I'm afraid that you are maybe viewing the wrong document. <laughs> We're doing it live, folks. We'll we'll fix this in post. I see 2020 nominees and winner. I've been only in that 2021 categories. Let's fucking go page. Yeah, they're not picks for best picture. They're just our top five, dude. They're our personal favorites. That's a totally different. We've done this three times now. Uh, And you've Jason, please edit yourself out of this. (laughs) Uh, Hey, everybody! These are these are our own personal picks for our favorite movies that we saw uh, at the Trilon. Uh, So the rules for this is that they they are our personal favorites. We're allowed to uh, uh, you know talk about things that we may have seen but didn't record on. Um, So I I have five here. I will say that me personally, I have. Uh, never ranked these. I think I've always just uh, listed my kind of five general favorites, which I will do now. Uh, the first one, uh, one of my, my, I guess one of my five favorite films of the year was Damnation by Bella Tarr. Uh, the first of Tarr's films that I uh, had seen, still the only one I've seen, uh, because all of his movies are like 14 hours long. Uh, but I will I will change that in uh, 2022. I think really like that movie. I think I would probably like that movie the most uh, of all the fellas here. Um, just just really enjoyed it. Definitely slow and kind of took its time. But uh, it was one of those ones that kind of digs your way into its uh, in your brain, and then you you can't stop thinking about it later. So um, really love that one. Uh, the second one would be uh, Playtime by Jacques Tati. Obviously. 
the Tati series earlier this year, one of the, I think, kind of the standout series at the Trilon. Just a really great job getting those films. Uh, uh, Tati is such a great director to do it for because he has so few films, but so many of them are so impactful. Uh, I think Playtime uh, was my personal favorite. I think I think the fellows generally preferred uh, my uncle, uh, but for me, I, I liked Playtime. Uh, I liked some of the... the uh, maybe more digestible moments in my uncle, but I think playtime's craziness uh, uh, as it kind of builds, especially a certain sequence uh, was, was really excellent. Um, the third would be mirror uh, by Tarkovsky, which was a film that I was going to see because if you remember from an earlier episode from this year, this was of course, 2021 was the year of Aaron's personal uh, Tarkovsky watch in which I vowed to watch all of Tarkovsky's films. Uh, and then I started a month ago and watched them all in like two weeks or else I wouldn't be able to finish. Uh, I think Mir was my favorite. Uh, I think it was like between that and Stalker and like last night on a whim, I was like, ah, I think I like Mir more than Stalker. I just like bumped it up on Letterboxd on my own list. Uh, so yes, Mir was quite good. Uh, fourth would be Spring Breakers. No surprise if you listen to that episode, you know me in person, if you've ever talked with me once. Uh, that is one of my favorite movies. Love that movie. We'll champion that movie uh, until the end of time. Uh, I think. Uh, so yes, uh, great experience to watch that and discuss that as well. Uh, and then lastly would be Drunken Master 2. Uh, uh, and I've stopped listing the directors for the other ones, but this is Lau Kar Lung for this one. Uh, really enjoyed this. Uh, Harry and I watched this one over uh, Discord. We watched Drunken Master 1 and 2 just like back to back and just like I just like hung out and drank some beers and watched Kung Fu. Uh, Drunken Master 1 is great. Drunken Master 2 is the crowning achievement of, of all of cinema. So, uh, yes, it is, it is wonderful that that would be my, uh, uh, my last of my five picks of favorites of the year. Excellent. Uh, I won't bother to introduce anybody after this, but, um, well, well okay. Well, uh, Cody, your picks. I was gonna say, I made that face just, wow. I'm, I'm the last, I'm the last introduction. Sorry, Harry. Um, I'll, I'll get into my, my pickies here. Um, but I, I, I just wanted to, to say a little something, and that is uh, the Trilon, they sure can pick a movie. The Trilon, John Moret is pretty groovy. The Trilon, theater favorite of Harry's. It's the Golden Berries. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, and on with the show. Um, Picky's time. So I, uh, I did not rank my picks. Uh, I don't know why I'm going this far deep. I did not uh, rank my picks the first uh, for the first Golden Berries. I ranked them last year, and that is a tradition that I am uh, inclined to to keep alive this year. Um, the cats I'm sitting are very awake, so if you hear their collars jingle jangling, um, mark that off on your Try Love Bingo cards. My number five pick for the year was the aviator's wife um talked about how thankful i was to uh or to john and the trilon for uh, kicking off that romer series the aviator's wife was the first film in that series and um we did see it at one of our at a little privileged asshole screening um that was a really weird pocket of space where like I was preparing all week for a trip and I had this like thin this this small window of time in which we all saw the aviator's wife and then like Five hours later, I was getting on a plane and I like successfully like mentally prepared myself to just, you know, sit here and enjoy this movie um, prepared for a great time. And it was even better than I than I would have thought. And it was such a great platform um, 
to to leapfrog into um Romer's films, I've really found myself gravitating towards those the last like three weeks. I think I've seen um, like five of them, three of them through the the trial and series into um, uh, my own my own spare time. And actually, a box set of his films just arrived in the mail for me today. So um, that is my my number five pick, The Aviator's Wife. My number four pick is Harvey. Um, that I think I mentioned this on the Harvey episode. That is like a movie I was vaguely aware of for a long time, and I think when I was younger, I assumed it would be more slapsticky because it's about a, a drunk. Ish, James Stewart and an invisible rabbit. And I was expecting hijinks. I got hijinks. Um, but that movie cuts in so many other different great ways. Um, again, in, in ways that I was not expecting. Um, it was really sweet. Um, it, uh, discussed, you know, the, the kindness of, of humanity, um, in, I don't know, in, in ways that I, I was not prepared for. It was, I, I I'm just going to, it's, it was, it was a nice surprise. Um, and it, it has really stuck with me the more, um, like we talked about it and actually the more that it's been kind of sitting with me these past few months. So Harvey is my number four. I'm very excited to revisit that at some point in the future. Harvey is actually, um, the, my highest ranked first ever watch of the year. The, these next three are all movies that I've seen before, just not at the trilon. Number three for me, Drunken Master 2, uh, um, shouting out this pick that was also on Aaron's list. It may appear on some or all lists, um, spoilers, uh, <laughs> uh the rest of the episode, but, um, um, I won't say too much about it. Uh, it's Jackie Chan at his peak. It's the best uh, kung fu slash any action choreography. It's the our discussion on it was really great. That probably um, plays into my perception of it. I, I got to drink Fireball on Mike. Um, it was it was awesome. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of uh, excellent boxes checked. So Drunk, Drunken Master Two is number three. Number two for me is Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, uh, shout out to the Trilon showing um, animation, even if it was through the Volunteer series. Uh, for uh, a while, that was a Miyazaki film I'd not seen, and then it was sort of in my like second tier of uh, a Miyazaki film. And then seeing it again um, just uh, allowed me the opportunity to to digest it uh, differently. And I would say it's probably in like my my top three uh, Miyazaki, just without thinking too hard about it. Um, so shout out to Kiki come on the pod. And my number one for the year is in the mood for love. Um, I feel a little dirty just because, uh, I did not personally see it at the trial when they were showing it, um, because we did the streaming thing that was earlier in the year. And then they streamed or, you know, they showed the Wong Kar Wai series of films later on. Um, and I'm bummed that I, I didn't get to it, but, still counts baby uh no in the mood for love is is one of my favorite films ever um and seeing it and talking about it with the uh with the fellas was uh, a real delight so those are my five picks thank you everyone a real delight just like this podcast uh harry what were your top five well i didn't prep a musical number <laughs> i kind of wish that i had been informed so i could have prepared i just don't bring the sort of steely-eyed professionalism uh that Cody brings to this podcast, but you already knew that. So I'm just going to go ahead and get right into my picks. Number five was Husbands by John Cassavetes. Uh, I've been meaning to see this movie for a long time. I was, I, have been told that is one of the hardest and most brutal to get through of the Casavetes collection, which is really, really saying something considering his filmography. Um, the night that I went, I was very depressed. That's going to be sort of a through line spoilers <laughs> in this uh, particular pick. And I thought I prepared for this movie. Like I was going into a boxing match against somebody who is a higher weight class than me. Right? Like I just really wanted to like run myself into a brick wall while watching this movie. So I went alone. 
I was one of like three people in the lawn. Uh, it was on 35 millimeter. It was gorgeous. Um, and I think it's a really, really incredible movie. I think it's, it's John Cassavetes at his most caustic and his most, um, sort of angry, but it's also, um, him at his most self-critical. Um, and I think it's, it's like a really brilliant examination of, uh, uh, several characters that sort of stand in for the ideas of arrested development and, um, ingrown toxic masculinity as like an entire generation of people. Um, and it's, it's just a really good movie and he and Peter Falk are great in it. Um, number four is drunken master two by Lau Kar Lung. Uh, yeah, everybody already talked about this. I think that specifically the bar scene, uh, with the bamboo and then the final scene are literally the two best action sequences that are in any movie. Uh, and also Anita Mui's in it if, as if it didn't, as if you didn't need any more reason to love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, everyone should see that movie. It's one of the best movies ever made. Um, number three is the green Ray by Eric Romer. Uh, this is the last episode we did. So I, I'm a little talked out on it, but, um, it reminded me of what a singular horrible experience it is to be depressed on vacation. Uh, and it was super, um, enriching for me to see that and to feel uh, i guess represented <laughs> that way on screen so uh, i really loved all the roamers that one was my personal favorite so that's why it gets this spot uh number two is in the mood for love Wong car Wai. not really surprising that this one is on here um yeah i think every time i watch this movie i come away with like an even greater understanding of what it's doing it's sort of placement in history and um time and in the human condition and the way that it can succeed at being both so hyper localized to a place in time and so universal and the way that it, it feels like a complete sort of um summation and culmination of what Wong Kar Wai had been working toward his entire career. Um, shout outs also to 2046, which I almost put on this list for the same reason. I think uh, In the Mood for Love wins maybe just on the strength of the fact that it's also just the most meticulously and beautifully shot movie ever made, perhaps. Um, but I love 2046 as well. Um, both of those movies were a real, real delight to get to talk about with the fellas. Came away with a lot of new understanding, so I really love those movies. And uh, finally, my number one is Kiki's Delivery Service by Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki is the artist that I uh, love most on this world and uh to get to see it twice at the theaters first um oh actually no i only got to saw it once because i'm a complete moron and i missed my opportunity to get a ticket so charlie and i had to walk away from the trilon theater and then jason feeling uh complex sort of alchemy of pity and sympathy and um derision i likely deservedly decided to re-rent the trilon and play kiki's delivery service again so that my beloved little sister would get a chance to see her favorite movie it was one of the nicest things anybody's done for me all year so thank you very much jason um and that is uh charlie's favorite movie we got to have her on the episode which i was very moved by and um every time i see that movie i am reminded of how great it is and how much it has to say about not only sort of burnout and uh, the struggle of identity formation, but also about the sort of like great chain of women helping one another and what it means to be a woman and to uplift other women. And I think it's like really, really awe-inspiring um, and full of the sort of love that is Hayao Miyazaki's Hallmark. So I really, really love that movie. So yeah, those were my five. Again, don't have anything to sing, but this is it for me. So uh, good night, good luck. Farewell. 
we're not ending the podcast. I don't know why I'm doing all of that, but I'm done. I feel like Gary's just walking out of the room now. I don't know what to I feel like every five episodes, you say something like farewell, goodbye, forever. We're never doing this again. Actually, this isn't the end of the podcast. Uh, Just uh, goodbye. Um, I still have to watch. uh, Let's see. I still have to watch Husbands, but maybe when I'm feeling like down enough and I just can't get any worse, maybe maybe then I'll watch Husbands because I've seen Mikey and Nikki, uh, not not directed by, but just like anything John Cassavetes touches is something that puts me in the fucking ground. <laughs> I, know, uh, I know you're you're a morning movie guy. Husbands might be a morning movie thing. Really? Like, I don't know. I, I I can't like watching it at night just sounds. I watched it early afternoon. Watching it at, at in the evening just sounds like a, a hike that I don't feel like taking. Yikes. Okay. I would think that it ruined my day, but maybe it'll like, then you have a buffer for like, oh, good things happen right. in the day and bring you it's, back yeah, up. Yeah, it can only go up from here sort of ah, thing. Ah, okay. Okay. But then I get in a car crash and I get news that my grandmother is ill and all that kind of stuff. Well, that'll like, happen. Husband, yeah. you did this to me. I don't have any music either, except the wonderful mellifluous yop that is my voice. Um, I didn't also rank... Not really understanding the rules. I didn't rank these films like five to one. You can probably guess uh, among them where, you know, roughly they land in terms of quality and how much I like them. But if you've listened to our episodes on them, as we did record an episode on each one of these movies, uh, the fifth, I guess the bottom, whatever, In the Mood for Love um, by Wong Kar Wai is I just diving into all of his movies this year, having never touched any of them before, was a life-changing experience. Those movies are unlike anything else. I now find ways to compare movies to them in a way that I don't think I do with a whole lot of other directors or, you know, series, I guess. Quote-unquote series. Some of these movies are tangentially connected. But, um, uh, yeah, just a touchstone movie I'll be comparing other movies to for a long, long time. Uh, the way that it makes me feel, the way that it moves, the way that it, like, just images I remember from it at a raw level, artistically, it just has something that a whole lot of other movies don't have. Um, Bottle Rocket was one that I had never seen before, having uh, seen Wes Anderson films in the past. Uh, it struck a certain chord with me, uh, personally, and like as somebody who really enjoys watching movies. Um, uh, and getting to see it at the Trilon was really, I think I saw it at least once at the trial on watched it another couple of times at home, then bought the Blu-ray. Uh, I just felt kind of fell in love with this movie more and more each time I watched it. Um, it goes down really smooth. It is not really an annoying version of Wes Anderson's, uh, you know, worst uh, tendencies. And then getting to see the French dispatch later that year also was like fun comparison between his first and final movies. Just that experience of knowing, uh, you know, the breadth and depth of this guy's career. Um, and yeah, I guess the, the low lows that it can have and the really high highs that it can have, uh, just reminded me how like how singular the whole style is, and how it doesn't need to be firing on all cylinders to be really effective. Um, Drunken Master Two. What else can I say? I first watched this a few years ago, uh, totally alone when it was on Netflix, and really had just a blast time of my life. Felt like I had nobody to talk to about it. Just had to sort of sink sink it in and just let it you know absorb um, and just make it part of myself. Never bought it on home video, weirdly, and then knowing that it was going to be playing at the trial on and that I was going to get to talk about it with friends was just like one of those let's fucking go moments. This is like, this is why we do this, right? Um, is to just talk about fucking movies that are fucking great in a really fun, smart way. Uh, and drunken master two lets you do that in like, you can say anything. You can just say that any single scene in that movie is the best scene ever. And you're right. And you sound right. And you're, and you sound smart because it's just, it's just correct. Um, uh, let's see what else have I not. Oh, Harvey. Harvey was another first watch for me. Uh, I've mentioned before that my mom was a big fan of Jimmy Stewart when I was growing up, so I've seen a good number of his movies. This was one that I had not. Um, the whole concept of a man who is uh, sort of like 
forgot like derided by society for imagining that he can see uh, an like a, a six foot tall um uh rabbit is just like not a great sell for the movie i think it's a lot it's a way a lot more than that it was like had a has a whole lot more depth than that and like harry mentioned on our podcast a few times again sort of resonates with me on a pretty personal level in terms of like the sort of things i've tried to do in the past few years with myself and the sort of person i've tried to be uh trying to like not be so cynical and hateful toward the world um which is a is a journey uh but harvey is like a really fun and really um really emotionally impactful and sad and and happy and just a very dynamic encapsulation of that and, and enveloping of those feelings um and, and it's just it's again it moves really smooth it's not a movie that you should worry about if you don't enjoy movies from before a certain time period or if you find that older movies lose you quicker this is not going to do that i don't think that it has that much fat to trim um that was it, it's, it's an incredible slate of movies that the Trilon played this year and i was really glad to see all five of these so i, I refuse to rank them i apologize everybody else you got 15 uh, fun ranked movies and five of them that weren't but um that is personals uh we now have to get down and dirty we have to get like really bloody with the following few uh categories uh aaron i think you're the announcer on this one you want to introduce it Yes, this category is Trilove's best Trilon Trilon dry run. Uh, so if I if I remember correctly, uh, the kind of criteria for this is it is a, a film that I believe none of us had seen before, um, and also I think we we tended to kind of weigh at least the ones that we nominated based on how generally familiar we were with the director and the subject matter. I think there were certain films that could have technically been nominated for this, but we were pretty aware of what they were uh, or we were very familiar with the director's other films. Um, so the, the five films that we picked uh, as the uh, nominees for this would be the aviator's wife by Eric Romer damnation by Bellatar, Claudine by John Barry Harvey directed by Henry Coster and Mon uncle, or my uncle, my uncle directed by Jacques Tati. Uh, those are the five nominees uh, where do we, where do we want to start with this one? Okay. I, I'm going to vote Fight. for, I, I'm, I'm just going to put my hand. I, I don't know if we have an order. You're, you're doing it yeah. here, but I'm going to nominate. Uh, I'm going to put my weight behind Mononcle. I think that for really? being, uh, I think I just think for being like, I knew the name. I even like, it's just one of those names that appeared in my head a lot, but I knew nothing about the movies. I knew nothing about the staging or the style or, uh, you know, sort of what to expect from it at all. And was this the first of our Tati series? It was. It, kicked yep. off our yeah, it was. It was. So, so that that again is points in that column for like it introduced me to the whole series and to the like a very comprehensive. Well, not like one hundred percent, but very comprehensive, very healthy look at Tati's works. Uh, but even irrespective of the whole series it was in, it is. Uh, I feel like for being a surprise and something that was just very strongly uh, like impactful. Why are you all? God, this whole video thing is way more annoying than it should be. Everybody's. Everyone's Jason, you just don't mention video. what's going no, on in the video so on the podcast, I, man. I, I see and I report. I report. You decide. Um, I anyway. I'm, I'm I'm shutting up. I vote Monoclet. Can I? My my. Uh, I, I was going to ask because I know that that I am also in Team Tati here, uh, but I, I do think that I do want to prod at this a little bit because my goal is not to. Uh, you know, have my own picks chosen. My my goal is to, uh, through discussion and debate, drive down to the objective truth. And I am curious because I know that you, I think you liked Harvey more. You, Harvey's on your personal top five. I guess what would be your own rationale for saying, hey, let's put the Tati film over Harvey, which you may have liked more and I think was a dry run. But maybe, maybe it's the Jimmy Stewart factor. Maybe it's the fact that it is 
it feels very, I mean, I watched Chop Around the Corner, and it does have kind of that vibe to it that is hopeful, despite also being darker in some ways. Mm-hmm. I guess, what's your rationale there? My rationale uh, for that is that I knew, like, th- just the amount that I knew about uh, Jacques Tati was much smaller than, like, sort of, I was, I, I sort of, I knew what I wanted from Harvey, because I sort of know Jimmy Stewart as an actor. And I've seen a bunch of his work, even though like elements of the plot and sort of the feeling of the movie was different from what I might have been expecting. I knew what I wanted out of that. Where with Mononcle, I knew nothing. Like Bear asked nothing about that filmmaker or what he was known for or what Mononcle was going to be about. And it just like the differential there between I knew, eh, let's say 15% familiarity with what uh, Harvey was going to be. And then it ended up being like a 90% great movie. And then versus Tati being like, oh, zero or less than zero. Maybe I just repeat his name a lot in my head because it sticks. And then it ended up being like a fucking 90, 95% great, like incredible movie. Uh, I think it's just a differential there, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll back up, uh, uh, as I said, I'll back up uh, uh, Mononcle as well. Um, I, I think that that was, if I remember correctly, I believe that the, the trial line had released their schedule. And I remember, because uh, I did know a little bit about Tati, I hadn't seen any of his films, but I, I was kind of aware of his thing, right? And I remember that I believe the schedule listed Tati films and then also the the Jackie and Keaton series. Uh, and, and in a weird way, I mean, I think those those three, uh, I guess two series, but like those, those three directors and performers uh, are like kind of tied together in my mind a little bit. These very physical, often comedic uh, actors who are doing so much with like the art of film and whatnot. Um, And I think that I maybe came away like viewing Tati the most positive. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think my uncle is like such a, such a great way to, to start that series. Yeah. Well, God damn it. I'm completely off balance now because like I I thought that Aaron, who is probably being very tactical here, was gonna back damnation. He was going to be nothing. I was no, scattering no. the wind like it was nothing. Uh but I was expecting to have to go like fifteen rounds, knockout, drag out, Thunderdome with Harvey, uh, because I don't think I had seen a movie this year that Jason was so personally moved by. Like, I remember being in the theater, not talking to Jason, watching that movie and being like, this is a Jason movie. Like, I can feel him radiating joy from the back of the theater. Um, But that being said, I I think I'm backing Claudine big time uh, for this one. Um, Claudine is uh, by John Barry. It's a movie about a a black single mother who endures raising all of her kids. And she starts a uh, relationship with Roop played by James Earl Jones, um, who is a charismatic, but sort of like irresponsible um, garbage collector. Um, it it doesn't have great reviews. It wasn't contemporarily well received, um, and I think that those reviews are just completely wrong. Because I I'm hard pressed to think of a movie that I like knew so little about and loved more than that one. Um, first of all, like Diane Carroll and James Earl Jones both give absolutely like star making, unbelievable performances in it, um, and it's just like a really unsparing, really sad, really like. Um, well, I shouldn't say sad because that's almost pejorative, but like a really realistic and unsparing look at this woman's life and the realities of what it means to be black in America, um, especially yeah. during that time. I mean, like there is a, a really, really long, like the, the real motivation of the entire 
plot is all about welfare and all about what it takes to qualify for child welfare and what happens when the IRS deems you unworthy of that welfare. And it is like policy changing, right? It was like, I, I came out of that movie with like an, such an ingrained understanding of the injustice of the um, welfare state in America that I knew how I wanted to change it, which is amazing. <laughs> and like, it, it really engenders empathy uh, beautifully. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, that was the, the kind of movie, a perfect example of a r- dry run where like, I knew nothing about it going in. Um, we were recording on it. Otherwise we probably wouldn't have seen it. Right. Just because like there were other movies that, that week and like, we all get busy. And then I like, I was like beside myself by the end of that movie. I think I maybe cried more during it than I cried during other movies that were at the Trilon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really love that movie. Um, Mon Uncle is a really fantastic choice, but like, it was a Tati is like known for the yeah, thing that he does in that movie. Uh, and I knew that already. Like- and it was just, I think I was surprised by Mon Uncle in the sense that um, it was more fun than I thought it would be, but it wasn't like categorically surprising, I guess is what my argument against Tati, which again, I didn't think I was going to have to make a big argument against Tati. So I, you caught me unawares. And I think that I I'm in trouble, but uh, Cody, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I I know we're probably at the point where we need to start making some decisions. Uh, but when I I think of uh, Trilon Dry Run this year, and I look at the nominees, the two that stand out the most to me, um, uh, almost instantaneously, simultaneously, um, they're sort of on the same tier. Uh, Damnation and Claudine, like those are the two, like the two, and like they're not my two favorite movies on that list. Um, like I have two of my my top five uh, on this list. Um, but yeah, thinking about what Dry Run means to me and the fact that like. I, you know, not that I knew loads about Romer and, and Tati or, or the movie Harvey, um, but like I had some like bare minimum sort of baseline of what to expect, if not from like those people direct, like I might not have known what to expect from Harvey, but I know what to expect out of like 50s dramedies and James Stewart. Um, I Like the portrayal of like drugs and alcohol in the 50s is a certain way and certainly feeds into that movie a certain way. Um, uh, and, you know, we, we've talked about Monocle, we've talked about um, I guess we haven't talked about the aviators wife a whole lot, but I talked about, I talked about that up top. So I won't say a whole lot about it. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, to, to Harry's point, I mean, Claudine knew absolutely nothing They're Like depending on what was scheduled at the trial on that week, we could have just as easily not have seen it. Um, but we did watch it and we recorded on it. And like, uh, I, I see myself revisiting it again down the road. Like I picked up the, the criterion for it. Um, and then damnation, which, like, again, like n- not my favorite movie on this list, honestly, might even be my least favorite movie on the list. Like if I, if I had to rank it, but just Mine like too. knew, knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, I, I, well, I guess I should like, uh, Satin Tango, if I'm saying that correctly, like has, had been on my watch list for a while. That's sort of Bellatar's, um, masterpiece. And I've since watched it after like doing the, the, the damnation watch and, and discussion. And it is, it is incredible. Y'all should watch it um, whenever you have a spare 14 hours. Um, but yeah, just like damnation from knowing absolutely nothing about the experience to watching it and being like moved by it. And I don't remember every detail of uh, like that movie looking back. I, I could not like rehash the plot or characters in like a 100% thorough way, but I, I, remember how it made me feel and like that has stuck with me um for like 
for for all of this year and like uh, like that's that's just like that feeling is a part of me now um so i guess yeah damnation and claudine are are the two that i see at the top for me personally all of these i think are are not to like be uh, uh, middling about it no, but Cody, i think all of these the are great picks for, for commit uh, all of these i think all of these are great picks for the dry run like i i will not be upset if we pick like Monoclay or no uh, the alliance those are jo- the- Cody. I'm just Cody. Cody. we got decisions my three Cody, might, we, might we make at, a damnation alliance, you and I? Oh wow! End it now, Cody. This was the plan all along. Excuse me, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm having a side conversation with Cody. How Cody, is damnation? You and I might take music. the reins together. We'll rule as one. I met a Chlorian countess. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still on team, my uncle. But I, I great, great comments about okay, so, uh, both. So films. Cody. If Cody votes damnation, then Mononcle takes it. But if Cody votes, that's Claudine, exactly how that works. That's just it's a numbers game. No, I I'll move my chips into Camp Claudine. God damn it! Uh, it's first first category, we gotta we've gotta. No. Here's here's what I'll say. Uh, this is maybe like a kind of a. Uh, I, I think that my my my. Uh, uh, I like Claudine quite a bit. I think that's maybe like, I, I like damnation more than all these movies, but I'd maybe put in terms of like dry run. I see the argument for Claudine second. Uh, I think that I think my uncle is a better film uh, is the thing. I think that there are certain elements of Claudine that felt a little messy, which is fine. But I, th- I think my uncle is like a uh, kind of a, a weirdly like perfect movie. Like uh, pl- playtime is I probably, I prefer it. Uh, but it is a little messier in a way. Uh, my uncle is like kind of flawless from beginning to end. And I think that like the ending of Claudine didn't really stick with me as re- as much as the rest of that movie. Um, so yeah, maybe that's, yeah. I think that's why you've just, des- I'm sweeping the leg. Do you hear me sweeping the leg? I think you've just described why Mon Uncle cannot be the dry run because it is a master doing what he does best at his best. It's exactly no, but what him doing his best as playtime. He's known more for quite a bit more for playtime, frankly, even more for, for Mr. Hulo's holiday. Uh, my uncle, if anything is kind of, I think kind of an underrated film in his catalog. It's, it's not, it is his best you know, movie. considered yeah, up there for sure. Well, yeah. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I, I think it is it is weird to say this about Tati, but I think it is kind of underappreciated compared to something like Playtime, in my mind. Claudine has like a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. You want to talk to me That's about not true. underappreciated? Look it up. It has a 57% so, so do, on Rotten Tomatoes. It sounds like Harry's not budging. I, I don't think I'm going to budge. Uh, are we calling this a tie? No, because Cody's going to... Cody, what do you got? I'm okay calling it I a tie. Mean, no, there can be no tie. There can be only one tie. If we concede these to ties, it's going to be poor content. Um, yeah, not that I, I love. Uh, not yeah, I don't, and also we don't have room on the trophies for for multiple like t- it's just like we don't have the budget for it. Um, considering Mon Oncle just missed uh, making my top five, like I, I booted out it for the Aviator's Wife. Um, like we we got to move on. Um, I I'm I'm okay with um moving like one or two of my chips to Monon Clay and tipping the scales. So oh, yeah, mindless. Yeah, yeah. so Claudine Claudine is a great yeah, number two though. That's the important thing. Have, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So a marathon. There we not have it. Monon Clay takes the Trilon's best dry run film. Uh, remember the alternate universe in which this podcast was called Trilon Dry Run. 
We, that was in the that was in contention for like top three or four names. Uh, the fact but, that we didn't call it Tripod haunts me in the night to this day. I mean, there are there are like three other podcasts called Tripod yeah. is are the thing any? with every version of spelling. We have yeah, this yeah, conversation yeah. every year. Oh, yes, okay. yes. Tripod as a podcast <laughs> would have died after like forty six episodes. We have we have like we got this. Our episode. bad name has emboldened us to make the the product yeah, good enough. We must you know? surpass yes. our upbringing. Um, I think we've got Cody introducing the next uh, next award. Oh, I think. Yeah, sorry, you got a name wrong. You meant the spineless coward is introducing the next category. That spineless Cuddly. coward. This makes for great content too. Thanks, Harry. Uh, moving on to the the Rashomonis is our next category, and for those unaware, uh, Rashomonis is short for the Rashomonis Award for the movie most egregiously longer than Rashomon, a perfect film released in 1950, directed by Akira Kurosawa. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, an award for the movie that. It didn't need to be as long as it was in order to do whatever it was it was trying to do last year. Uh, for listeners who don't remember or who weren't around, uh, the on, uh, the Andromeda Strain, excuse me, uh, took the award. Um, and historically, it's been a category that we just decide one title in advance and then just you know maybe talk about it a little, maybe give some honorable mentions during the recording. Um, last uh, or the other day when we were prepping for this, uh, things got a little heated in the uh, in the booth, and so we brought a few different candidates to the table to kind of hash things out a little bit. We've got three uh, candidates, if you want to call them that, um, for this uh, uh, highly desired, not very desired honor. They don't know this honor exists, but the, uh, the three movies here, we have Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo, James L. Brooks's Terms of Endearment, and Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits. And the, the, the floodgates have been opened. The floor is, is ready for someone to start dancing. Jason, you have your hand up. You should kick us off. Jason Daphnis has something to say, and it's that this movie, this award clearly belongs to Terms of Endearment. At least with Fitzgeraldo, yes. at least with Fitzgeraldo, I got to hear Cody angry for like maybe the first time this year. At least with Time Bandits, we had a, a fun guest and like a good conversation. And you guys got to make the, all the fun of Greeks that you wanted, the lowest standard of living in, in Europe. Like, <laughs> they need monetary help. Do you understand? <laughs> Send resources. I think. I think every time we've talked about this category, at least Aaron and I are like, I don't remember anything about terms. I, of I not only do I not remember a single thing about terms of endearment, which is like, I think it was like a fine film. Like, I this is it's not like the shittiest. It is the most forgettable film I think that we saw this entire year. I do not remember a single thing about terms of endearment. I don't remember recording about terms of endearment. I don't remember a single argument that I made about what the film was about or how I appreciated it. There's nothing. Terms of endearment was like a week long fog that I entered and then I exited out the other end like some sort of space <laughs> portal, and I'm I'm in a different place now i'm a different person i may have been swapped with with a different being that is just assuming to be me uh, I, I don't remember a single thing and it's like how long is it's it's like it's over two hours unreasonably so i think um how completely you know, forgettable which is somehow worse it. huh huh right, i, I it is the most forgettable movie which is i think the worst thing you know i would, ra- See, would rather have hated it i i, I guess i'm i don't know where that and maybe others share thoughts about the, that connotation. If so, I'll shut up. But like, I guess I don't necessarily view this category taking into consideration, like what movie was the most forgettable. Cody, we're back I on remember, the same team. That's you and me, baby. I, 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 I saw Fitzcarraldo once and I, 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 I stewed over it for years. That movie, I could not forget 
uh, uh, Klaus Kinski's fucking little rat face. It is ingrained in my memory for all of time. That movie is 157 minutes long. I, I can't forget it even if if I tried. In terms of endearment, I think I, I maybe ended up liking it more than the rest of the fellas. I too have forgotten a lot of it. And like, that's, that's how it is. Um, I, I agree that it's longer than it should be, but like Fitzcarraldo by and large, uh, for argument's sake is a movie that probably shouldn't exist. Um, if we're being perfectly honest, um, that's where I'm coming from. I see hands up. Cody, we have decorum. Once again, listen, listen to me. Do you know how hard it is to make Cody angry? Do you know what you have to do? I've been trying for years. I've been, oh, I've, I've done that effortlessly off. since college, buddy. I don't know what to no, tell it, you. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> happen when we're racing horses and, and playing drinking games. That doesn't count. Yeah. The, the man is a Zen monk. And I, when you, when two, he walked out of two shots Carrado, of fireball, you can get me as angry as you want. All three hours later, my man was pissed. You could feel it coming off of him. Just like the joy that was coming off of Jason during <laughs> Off his jacket and sweater, and just stormed around. He didn't even want to talk about it. He just stormed off, and then we really (laughs) tore that movie a new asshole. That almost universally beloved work of cinema, which. I have a problem, hey, real quick. Hey, oh, by the sorry. way, Aaron, you haven't seen fucking Fitzcarraldo. No, no here's here's my problem. No, I haven't. But here's my problem. You keep saying you all keep saying it's three hours long. It is two and a half hours long. I understand you can make the argument about oh, it's longer. It feels longer than it is. Using the phrase three hours when something is 157 minutes is BS. I think. I think you should. That did is not, legally not allowed. Literally say it was 157 minutes. Yeah, but you did, and then everybody else said it's three hours. Uh. Buddy, let me no, tell you. you hold on. Hours, right? times in your life only Listen. harry said that it's three hours long yeah, and I, and I have a problem with harry i have a problem here almost twice as long as rashomon i'm not even voting for it but you got to get your scope together brother it's almost twice as long as rashomon it's brutally long it is morally bankrupt <laughs> it is ostentatious and over the top and self-indulgent to the nth degree and what what when did when did this category become about the most forgettable picture that has nothing to do with the rashomanis the rashomon is the movie that is the most egregiously longer than rashomon and that is fitzcarraldo 100 this year Good night. I, 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 I think that you can Good factor uh, two, I, two things here. One, I think you can factor in how much long. I do think that there is an argument that Fitzcarraldo is longer in terms of endearment. If it's like that much worse, then I think there, there, there is an argument to be made. I don't know if I'm buying it, but I, I, I understand There's it. an argument but I don't that think, Fitzcarraldo is longer than I don't know, but I, yeah, it's linear time. <laughs> I don't no, but I don't think you can just take the movie that is the longest and you didn't like and say this wins the Rashomonis. My my second point is is I do have to tell a story, and I apologize I have to tell a story, but I have to tell a story. My wonderful now wife and I uh, were, were cel- my 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 now wife at the time uh, partner were 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 celebrating our our anniversary dating. Uh, and we had we had spent a very nice uh, amount of time in the area near the the Guthrie in downtown Minneapolis. Beautiful stretch. It's a bunch of restaurants. I believe we started off the day. We went to like brunch, went to a coffee shop, went to a bar, and then we were we were seeing a a play uh, at the at the I believe we saw Midsummer Night's Dream at the Guthrie. Wonderful experience. After that, we decided to go to the Sea Change, uh, which is a wonderful bar and restaurant. In the basement or the the bottom floor of the Guthrie, and we were just going to have a quick dessert. And I remember seeing a dessert that sounded so bad and so weird. Uh, it was a lemon cake 
uh, with like pomegranates and some sort of weird little frosting. And I remember saying I wanted that. And I remember Diana wanted uh, the carrot cake. And I said to her, listen, this may be a terrible experience, but it will be a memorable experience. You will you will take your hatred for this dessert if it is bad, which it was, and you will carry that through the rest of your life. And we got it, and it was stale. It tasted like dog shit. It didn't make any sense. We probably paid $25 for it. And I referenced that to her once a month, and this, this bad experience has turned into something, a positive force of change in our relationship, despite the fact that it was a bad experience at the time. There have been many desserts that I do not remember that have tasted quite a bit better than that dessert, but this dessert uh, uh, would, would not deserve to win the Rashomonis if we were doing that, is what I am saying. That is my Jason, argument. If, if I can cut in really quick before you, Jason. Number one, um, I'm I'm for I've forever been single. Two, I hate Fitzcarraldo even more now. <laughs> I <laughs> I I must say I am impassioned by both Harry's and Cody's arguments against Fitzcarraldo. I think the like it. I I don't I don't know that I'm swayed. The point is, we are getting caught up on egregiously. I think egregious is when the movie crosses that 88 minute threshold and doesn't doesn't dig its grave and doesn't elevate its position it just flatly keeps going until it's done like Fitzcarraldo just a the whole time 88 minutes passes and it's still digging it's like no pun intended still digging uh you know fucking better movies cross eight minute 88 minutes and either go up or down the fact that terms of endearment was just a I'm going to set my level. I'm going to be the same exact movie for 88 minutes, and then I'm going to be same exact movie for another 40 minutes is just unforgivable. Nothing changes. Nothing in a genre that is it is not, that is not typically. I mean, it's two hours and 12 minutes long, which is quite long for a romantic comedy. Like yes, kind of not outside of the bounds. Comedy it was not marketed as a romantic comedy. It was marketed as a drama because it has a famous. It is a it is a family comedy hour. drama. No, it, it has a famous right. But the, the, the that idea that it's the same movie okay. all the way through. <laughs> Jason didn't remember that plot element. Yeah, you just you've got. You got to give him some. No, because it, because most forgettable is not the point of this category. I'm saying it is a it is a film that does not justify its length. Uh, again, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen. Look, we're not okay. Can we? Time Bandit's not winning this. Not no, even coming close. Not, Can we? Gone. We're agreeing to X off Time Bandit, and we're moving on. I don't. I, I I don't like that. I think we can come to a consensus. I think that you're just you're afraid of not be of being contrarian. You're afraid of of no, standing against. I'm not being contrarian. No, yeah, you're afraid of you're afraid no, of. of course not. What's public bad. opinion? We're two and two. We're evenly split. Totally you're you're no, trying I'm to do it. It's solved. We're done with the category opinion. thing. I'm talking about that. You? You're afraid that Fitzcarraldo is good, and and you want to stick up for it, even though you haven't even seen it. Coward. I have not seen Fitzcarraldo. I liked. Uh, one of uh, the director's movies in that style and hated the other one. So I, I can't really say one way or the other. And I liked the one that was quite a bit shorter and not a, not as uh, messy. So I don't I don't think I would like Fitzcarraldo. Uh, but I, you know, you, you wouldn't like Fitzcarraldo because it would be long and messy, is what you just said. That's interesting. That kind of sounds agreed. Yes, but I, there's lot there's lots of long and messy movies that I would not nominate for this award. The terms of endearment is plotting. It's forgettable. It is it is doing nothing with that time. Fitzcarraldo. Look, I haven't fucking seen it, but Cobra Verde was a film that was also long and also, uh, uh, I think, it sounds like had some of the same sins. And that is a movie that I would not even think about nominating for this award because it's like, it's doing something and the thing I think was really shit. We all trashed that movie, but it's like doing something. It's like, all right, you're going for it. I like a movie that goes for it, even if I don't like the movie. 
terms of endearment wasn't even going for it. It wasn't going for anything, although Look, just because I guess we're I all dudes and we didn't like a movie that's a, primarily about women's relationships with one <laughs> yeah. another does not mean that it's a. You can't say that when movie. I when I defended the movie more than you did on that podcast, and that's the only thing I remember is being like, maybe I should stick up. No, and Jack Nicholson was He's in, and we all got up. to do our Jack Nicholson impressions. That was fun. All right, yeah, not bad. Uh, do you really want? To, we, do you really want to pin another medal of hatred? on Fitzgerald, do you really want to overburden it with with more symbols of that you've given it attention yeah it deserves it yes that you have maybe we flip a coin maybe we do just a classic two-face you you know know in your heart what the answer is here no i no i I, I haven't seen the movie i full-throatedly i've seen all the movies on this list i full-throatedly still support terms of endearment taking the prize because it is boring it is it goes nowhere after that 88 minutes. At least Fitzcarraldo gave us something to be angry about. Harry, I, wait. Do, now, do we come together and say, fuck I, Time Bandits? I'm not moving. <laughs> not no, moving. Wait, yeah. Time Bandits. Co- right, I know. you. I remember you thinking, I remember you saying when we nominated it that you had something to say against it. I'm wondering oh. if that might help here. Uh, may, I don't know. I just think, I hate that movie. I'm sorry. I think that, I think that of all of the movies that we saw this year, that was the one that had the most scenes that after the like 10 minutes of scene played out, I was like, they, why didn't they cut that from the fucking movie? Like that, that first scene with Napoleon or, or whatever in the puppet show, and then that like unbelievably long extended sequence with the giant and the giant's like uh, ship or whatever. And it's like, they were just there for comedy set pieces and the comedy wasn't actually funny. And yeah, I don't know. I don't like that movie very much, I guess. It's not that long. I, I, I don't want to give it this award, yeah. but I don't like it very much. It, it, uh, it, I'm a, I'm a Monty Python defender, which is something that is, it is harder to say every year as the people in Monty Python, uh, who are remaining, get older and keep saying stuff on Twitter and the state of like British politics and society continues going down the way that it has uh but like i i generally enjoyed that movie but there there are scenes that are like this is just the worst monty python skit uh that is 12 minutes of napoleon doing something uh that you know i don't know if i'm gonna yeah i it's worth bringing up because man that movie was too long it was um so here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking uh, we can't do this for every category. I'm thinking if we have uh, a couple of camps firmly split uh, and keep hedging over, oh, or, or should this just be a tie? We never had a tie in the history of the Golden Berries. We're, we're not. We're not pulling that shit today. Uh, I, I, you know, I gave a little bit last category. You, you I got called spine. Yeah. I got called spineless for it. We we can't all have have. You're spines hanging out with your your Name we're, call we're based on your own personal opinions. I'm not. I'm not wavering from this. We're not doling out ties. Figure it out. The next category uh, is being introduced by me. It is the best non-film series or best one. Oh, I'm, sorry, no, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I, sc- I scooted too far down. Yeah, uh, Harry, this is your right. category. And we haven't uh, finished the last film series there, uh, Buster. We, we're still I'm, talking I'm going about to, the I'm going to delete it from the document if we keep har- harping on it. We've been on it for 15 minutes, you, and we have. You're trying to like this now. You're, not, you're just one, you're in this argument. Now. <laughs> you're part of this. We have he has the power to just. We can't the power to edit out. Concede any ground that doesn't that, like that doesn't make All any right, sense. I, I have an idea. Why don't we put it to a vote online on the community? If if we if we need to split hairs, I'm going to pull out again. 
Aaron has not seen Fitzcarraldo. Yeah. Should disqualify him from this, really. He didn't mm. do the homework. I, I don't think that it should disqualify him. That, that is a compelling argument. Though I do not think his opinion would change, it is a, like, stop the count type moment. So, for three votes... Yeah, the stop the count moment was an illegitimate uh, attempt to overthrow the 2020 election, buddy. You want to you want to use that? Well, here's what here's what I'll say. You know what? In 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 the, just for the sake of moving things along and keeping things, you know, uh, uh, keep keep the pipes greased, uh, so you might say. I will agree to not put my uh, not put my vote towards Fitzcarraldo, but maybe. Remove my recuse myself from this discussion if I maybe get some leeway on a later discussion that is yet to be named. Yet we'll see what happens. Let's just make the deal and then. I'm just going to put that out there, and I believe we're all we are all men of we are all men of honor. We are all men of honor. I hope you all remember this. We're men of honor. We have never so remember this. That I I am I am recusing myself, but. Uh, you know, karma, karma is going to come back. Okay, so can I get uh, please, the, uh, please, yes. read of the actual winner? I'm going to drum roll it, and then um, because uh, Cody introduced this, would you please announce the winner of the Russian money for the year? Sure, just gra- going to grab another beer here. Just kidding. Uh, the winner of the Rashomani's for the Golden Berries 2021 is Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's move along. Thank you, Justice. We are two worlds apart. Can't reach to your heart when you say. Ah, we have next on the list uh, a hairy category. Give me that. Give me that sweet, sweet hair. Here it comes. It's for you. Uh, this category is the best film series at the Trilon. And the nominees are the Wong Kar Wai series, the Polly Platt series, the Jacques Tati series, the Florida Noir series, and the Werner Herzog series. And uh, if you guys want to help me out, we don't need to do all of these, but if we want to talk about some of the movies that were part of these series, that would be cool. I think Wong Kar Wai was almost exhaustive in that I, I believe it was seven or eight of his films. Mm-hmm. Um Polly Platt included uh, several Peter Bogdanovich movies, um, as well as later movies in her career. Did it include any non-Peter Bogdanovich movies? Uh, yes, it included Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, and like, the Tati included Mon Oncle, um, the vacancy, uh, or the, yeah, the vacation of Monsieur Hulot, um, mm-hmm. Playtime, Traffic. Traffic. Um, was there another, or was that all of them? I think that might have been it. Yeah. Four of six or something, but like like Aaron said, it was really comprehensive, which was great. Did it not have Jour de F- No, it had Jour de Fête, too. Oh, Jour de Fête was in the series, right? We didn't record yeah. on it. Right. Oh, yeah, we okay. didn't record yeah, on it. Yeah, I mean, that is comprehensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Florida Noir had a lot of movies in it, including some we recorded on, including Night Moves um, and Spring Breakers. It also included Wild Things. And uh, were there a few others? Key Largo. Key Largo, yep. Uh, and finally, Werner Herzog, this was an early Werner Herzog series called Burden by Dreams. It included Fitzcarraldo. It included Cobra Verde. Uh, it included Aguirre, The Wrath of God. Um, it included some other movies that we didn't record on. Woshek. Was it Shroshek or Woshek? I think it was Woshek or something. Yeah. Woshek. And, uh, and The Enigma of Casper Cas- Hauser, which we did record on. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, let's start yeah. off with Jason this time around. Jason, make your argument. Start your engine. <clears throat> I'm throwing my weight behind the Herzog series. I was uh, quite pleased to learn that he was not the just. I mean, he's kind of kind of a horrible person who teams with horrible people to make uh, middling movies uh, at, at worst. Um, but I feel like knowing his. Uh, filmography was the biggest was a huge blind spot for me um i knew sort of that one car y was a i, I will i will keep this brief one car y is the only other tr- like real uh, strong contender for this for me and his oove i sort of knew was like it is on the nature of love and love lost and transience of love and the fleeting feelings and all like at least i knew that much about one car y so I had like less to learn. It was less of a blind spot. It was I'm great. I'm really glad that I filled it, but it was less like I have no visibility into this. The surprise of Herzog is that like one, I now know a good deal about what Herzog is like. Two, I know nothing about what Herzog's last like twenty, thirty years of his career have been like, right? Because we only saw his uh, late seventies and early eighties stuff in this series. So I feel like one, it gave me a really good glimpse into an artist that I don't know. Two, it leaves a lot of room for me to learn and grow in my familiarity with that artist. And now I can sort of like build and reference from that um, with knowledge of why Fitzcarraldo sucks, why Aguirre is like the best movie we saw in that series. Um, that's that's my argument is uh, is the less I knew, the more I was able to grow in it. Um, I will nominate Aaron for his next reason. Uh, I will. I, I'm willing to go pretty hardcore for the Tati series for a few reasons. Uh, I did like all those films. I will say that I didn't. Uh, I liked Playtime and Mon Uncle, my uncle, quite a bit. Mon Uncle, uh, quite a bit. Um, I liked uh, uh, Mr. Ulo's Holiday. Um, traffic. Traffic. Uh, did not really care for. Let me say something in French. I will try not to do that. Um, uh, the 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 films that were shown at the Triland were legitimately like nearly comprehensive. Uh, we got to see him as an actor, not only as a director. Right? Um, we got to see Tati as a performer, and like the the very large sense of the word. Right? In the same way that we get to see someone like Keaton as a performer, uh, Jackie Chan at least in his directed stuff uh, as a performer. We got to see films in uh, black and white as well as in color and how he transitioned from from shooting films in black and white to shooting films in color and using color in like really amazing ways. Um, we had we had a completely well-rounded uh, uh, view of his filmography. I felt there were still I think there was one movie that of his that we were not able to catch, uh, which was a bummer. And I believe, uh, I know pandemic shenanigans, I believe those did all play at the Trilon, correct? Or am I wrong about that? I do it wasn't not remember. like online streaming. Um, okay, right. well, I would I would put that forward. I will say that I think second for me would be the Wong Kar Wai film series. Uh, uh, the quality of those films is like not even uh, up for discussion. Um, I think I maybe liked the highs of the Tati, but Wong Kar Wai is like so consistent with at least the film in those series. I think my, my issue that I would have is that I, I it is comprehensive from a numbers standpoint, but I think there are aspects of his filmography. I think seeing something like The Grandmaster uh, as such a different film that it is uh, in a series like that would have been uh, quite nice. The same thing with Ashes of Time. Same thing even with My Blueberry Nights, uh, which I've heard is a bad movie, um, but would be 
would offer a more kind of well-rounded view uh, of, of his filmography would kind of help that, I think, put that over the Tati for me. Um, that being said, I think that my argument is like kind of the opposite of Jason's in a weird way, where, where Jason is saying, we saw this, it gives me room to explore in these areas. Mine is obviously kind of coming at it from a different angle. So I see that as well. Uh, but Cody, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, uh, this is a low key tough category because, uh, I, and we sort of got talking about it, uh, during our prep session, because it is one of those categories that's like, you know, what, what do you value most? What do you want to get out of a category like this? What do you want to get out of a series at the trial on? Like everybody brings different preferences to that. And like on paper, I mean, I, I th- like the films that I liked the most through and through were from the Wong Kar Wai and Tati series. Um, if you, but then you, you lose some of the, like, um, and I think this is something, uh, um, Harry was talking about again, I, sorry to reference things off mic, but like the idea of uh, a series like the Florida Noir bringing movies from a bunch of different places together, um, is, is something like, that's something really valuable. And that's something that John's really great at. Um, and, and like as great as the Tati and Wonkar Y films are, and I mean, some of them are my favorites of the year. It's like <laughs> the fact that the Tati series is just all of his directorial films, except for parade, um, uh, is, is like, it, it's almost, it's almost a gimme, right? Like not to like poo poo it too much. And like, and like Wong Kar Wai's, I mean, like it's, it's his greatest hits, um, uh, with the exception of like, you know, the, the grandmaster, I guess. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like in retrospect, the Polly Platt series, they, they weren't necessarily some of my favorite movies, but I liked learning about her through the fact that, um, her movies were pulled from a lot of different places and a lot of different filmmakers getting, um, some like, you know, I, we just spent a lot of time, um, shitting on terms of endearment, but the fact that I could have a movie like terms of endearment with a movie like bottle rocket with a movie like the last picture show in the same that series. Is a very, is, very is, good point. Yeah. It is kind of really great. I would almost put my chips for that reason behind Polly Platt. It's not an easy pick, but it like thinking about what I want to get out of the Trilon and like the series and things like that. Thinking about the series more than just like the best films. Um, uh, I, I think, yeah, Polly Platt would be um, my pick, not necessarily like a clear front runner, but that's, um, that's just where that sits uh, this evening. Um, Harry, what do you think? Yeah, I'll keep this brief. Um, I didn't plan this. Uh, this is surprising. Polly Platt was also my pick all along. Um, I think that that film series is a really cool thing that John did because without sort of like, I, he didn't write an essay about this, right? I almost wish he would have, but like Polly Platt is sort of like one of the historically most underserved or sort of like overlooked people in the history of Hollywood, right? Like she has long been considered the power behind the Peter Bogdanovich directorial career. Um, and it was really, really enlightening for a couple of reasons to see her filmography specifically this way. It got me thinking about what a producer does in a way that I had never thought before, which I really liked. Um, and I, it got me thinking about like, the people behind the camera, right? Like we think about directors a lot, but we don't tend to think about producers or writers quite as often. Um, and I really enjoyed, um, that aspect of this and, um, maybe like m- most importantly, and I, I hate to play this card, but like not a lot of great, uh, w- women representation at the trial on this year. Um, this was a, this was a really great year for movies, but it wasn't a great uh, year for like women in movies, particularly like women in terms of production. Yeah. In terms of production. And, um, Polly Platt is like a really, really amazing, um, 
counter to that. Uh, and it was so fun to learn about her and it was so fun to watch those movies. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that series. And I think I'd give it to that one. It was nice to learn about her, like just like even doing like the costuming and stuff on, even sometimes when she wasn't credited, uh, I don't think I would still go for this one. Uh, but I, I, there is that angle, uh, that I do appreciate quite a bit that I think we got out of the Polly Platt series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she was a fucking kingmaker, man. If you didn't already, you should listen to the, you should remember this podcast series that inspired this, um, series of the trial. It sounds like we have uh, a winner with the, with Polly Platt. Is, is that right? I mean, technically it's not a vote, but I, I see how the ways the, okay. the tides are turning. So Harry introduced this. Do you want to formally tell me who won this category after I yes, give you a... Yes, Jason. Thank you. Oh, did you want to give me a drum roll? Well, say the winner is, and then I'll do it. The winner of the um, best film series at the Trilon is... The Polly Platt series. Congratulations to Polly Platt and fuck you, Peter Bogdanovich. (laughs) (laughs) Guy needs to be taken down a peg. This is my category next. This is the uh, best non-film series, best one-off at the Trilon. Um, It is okay to include volunteer series uh, for this um, because it's just anything that played at the Trilon that wasn't directly associated with a series. Um, Films like Kiki's Delivery Service count. Uh, that was a volunteer pick. Uh, films like Harvey, which was out of uh, um, series, but just in generally the repertory vibe. Claudine, Underseen Gem, Damnation, a movie, Lady Terminator, an absolutely bizarre, low budget freaker of a film. All of those. Yeah, it's a freaker of a film, all right. It is a freaker of a film. Uh, it, it is. Side note, one of my favorite watching experiences, because it was on my way back from home and I visited Aaron in Chicago in his new apartment for the first time uh, with my dog and just a just a blast eating pad thai watching that movie. Real good choice. Um, but those are our nominees. We have Kiki's Delivery Service, Harvey, Claudine, Damnation, and Lady Terminator. Uh, Harry, what is your argument real quick for this? I understand we have about seven and a half minutes for the category if Listen, we want to go to bed on time. You know, uh, Mikey and Nikki's one of my favorite movies. Um, I really wanted to record on it. Just didn't work out. I think that's probably the one for me. Um, I think that there are really good arguments to be made for all of these. Um, but the one that I'm going with is indeed Mikey and Nikki. Well, it, that's the wrong category, so it doesn't. I'm looking at the wrong category. Sorry, I was. <laughs> that, that's I was that's great, but for looking at the I one do, right I, above, but I yeah. do love your love for Mikey and Nikki, but I'm sorry. Hey, we'll everyone. get to there in a minute. You broke up, Aaron. Sorry, what was that? Uh, well, uh, of the five then that are above, do you have uh, a pick that you would like to go yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, thank you. I just thought you were getting my ass. Uh, I think maybe Claudine. Uh, we didn't give it to Claudine earlier. Uh, I really love that movie. Um, that was a really, really special one-off. Um, I see an argument for Damnation. I see an argument for Lady Terminator. I love Kiki's Delivery Service, but it was volunteer pick. I, for whatever reason, I don't feel good about that one. So uh, I'm going to go with Claudine. Uh, Claudine personally, but I'm willing to be swayed in the direction of Damnation or Lady Terminator. I think this is the uh, category for late. This is Lady Terminator's category, right? This is this is. I think if there's a space for Lady I mean, Terminator, and we don't have a space for Lady Terminator. Look, I mean, I don't know what your viewing experience was like. I can only speak to Jason and I, just sitting on a couch drinking a beer, watching Lady Terminator. You know. Uh, but like it, it doesn't fit in. It's clearly not Florida Noir. I don't think Polly Platt worked on it. Wong Kar Wai did not direct it. But like, 
Uh, if if you're gonna put it somewhere, I think that like this was a film where it's like I, we talked about camp a little bit uh, with, with some of the other films that came out this year, but like this was the film that it's like I would have loved to see. It's something like the horrorthon, right? I would have like loved to just watch this at like two in the morning. It's like a big bag of like Skittles or M and M's, just like seeing this like in a theater. Uh, and I got like the second best thing, which is on my couch with a bro, and we're just like hanging out. Um, I, I'm I would go for Lady Terminator for this personally. Uh, you should toss to the next person, just for clarity. Code, uh, code uh, that seems weirdly formal to me. I don't know. Does anybody have anything to say? Then we end up talking over each other. Let's just make it smooth. I like talking. All right, Cody, uh, what's oh, yeah, your, what are your like thoughts? talking over each other. I like having sure. a discussion, but Cody, please. Yes. Sure. And I, I felt weird bringing up Lady Terminator just because I was not around for the viewing in the episode. Um and I like I watched it a, a couple months after the fact, but that that was going to be my question: is like, how does that? Uh, I'm going to let the cat play with that thing that she's not supposed to, for the sake of content. Um, but like that was that was going to be my question, to y'all, to see if that was like something that fit, like it, not really a dry run, but definitely something that was like it's so it's so out of it's so out of left field, and it's. <laughs> Like it's uh, like Aaron said, uh, clearly Wong Kar Wai did not um, have a part in it unless I uh, misread the credits. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm also, uh, I guess, backing Harry's pick of, of Claudine. I think that is also um, that's an, another great sort of energy for this category. Um, uh, Claudine rules. Um, but Lady Terminator is uh, I don't know. That's that's an experience, right? It's just capital e experience am i wrong you're not wrong wrong. you're not wrong i was gonna vote lady terminator uh because it feels so distinctly like we're gonna remove this from all context it's just going to be its own thing the only other one that i would put up there and it doesn't count because it was a rental rather than a volunteer screening was deep end which was just uh it was a jersey skolomowski film that um former guest kelly krantz rented the trial on to play and invited us to see a wonderful movie i really loved that ended up buying it later doesn't count, um, so I guess I'm just wasting airtime now while Cody gets back to the mic. But I really enjoyed Lady Terminator both as a movie and as a viewing experience, and knowing that the trial line was playing it was just like, this is why we do this. Yeah, I, I think I think I would agree with that. I would say that that Claudine, I think, is kind of like the number two for me. Uh, we're like, it, it, it kind of ties into the dry run. In that it's the actual good pick of the of the. It's the right choice. Lady Terminator is a good pick. Lady Terminator is a great film. Uh, uh, enjoyable experience. It's why I watch movies, you know, to watch Lady Terminator. I, th- I mean, I think we've got decorum. Let's move on. The, the winner, if you please. Jason, can you bold that and announce it, please? My apologies. I was getting back to the unmute button. I want to clarify that Harry keeps saying that he's going to, that we have decorum. Uh, I think that's a really cute genuinely like sweet thing it's the term is not decorum but i'll, I'll let it keep going uh for b- film series sorry for best non-film film non-film series film jesus christ at the trilon best one off we have the winner is fuck uh, yes i nailed that lady terminator thank you very much everybody for listening uh aaron your category is up yeah uh this next category which which harry uh, peaked at earlier uh, is movie we're saddest about not recording on. 
Uh, and the nominees for this category are Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, a film by Yuan Wu Ping, uh, All the Marbles by Robert Aldrich, uh, Paper Moon by Bogdanovich, Mikey and Nikki uh, by Elaine May, and The Story of a Three-Day Pass by Melvin Van Peebles, uh, uh, somebody who we should say uh, passed away earlier this year. Obviously, if you go to the Trilon, you're familiar with him. Uh, we didn't record on this one. That's a bummer. Um, uh, but yes, rest in peace and uh, uh, kind of an icon of the Trilon in like a weird way, I think, right? You got to pass it, man. I didn't see any of these movies, though, so I just saw none of these. So uh, you guys, go ahead. Are you recusing completely? Aaron um, once again recuses himself. Wow. Absolute cad. Uh, I vote for, I only did see two of the list, two of the movies on this list at the Trilon anyway. I've seen Mikey and Nikki. Both of the other movies seemed appealing. We just didn't get around to it. Uh, this is a weird category. We're going to have to come up with better, stricter criteria for sometime in the future. Uh, but I will say, for is it is it enough that I've seen three movies in this in this list? I for think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Okay, then I vote for Snake in the Eagle's Shadow by Yuan Wuping. Um, that was a, a pleasant surprise, part of the Jackie Chan series. Uh, Harry and I knew we weren't going to be recording on it, but we went to see it anyway, and uh, and it really it really carried you through. Um, it doesn't hold a candle to something like Drunken Master or even Jackie Chan's other best uh, 80s and 90s films, but it is really like early, as far as his early stuff, it is a standout um, and a really like meaningful, heartfelt film, even aside. Uh, I'm going to say that is the one that I regret not recording the most on because I feel like we could have had a really strong, good conversation about it. Um, and I'll hand off to Cody for his thought. Thanks. I, yes. Um, I, I think number one for me um, is Mikey and Nikki, and I didn't see it at the Trilon. I watched it on the Criterion channel, and I think that would have been we've we've taken on some um uh, uh some challenging uh material not i mean nothing outrageous but like things that we sort of have to work through together and like contextualize um like what maybe the movie is trying to do um thematically or emotionally and like Mikey and Nikki would have been one of those challenges that um I would have definitely looked forward to. I would have loved to talk about um, uh, a film directed by Elaine May, even though this is sort of like a, a weird um, uh, entry on her on her uh, director's filmography. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I guess for me, it'd be Mikey and Nikki, and then um, Snake in the Eagle's Shadow would come second. Just the opportunity to, uh, to talk more kung fu is always um, awesome. Uh, Harry and I saw all the marbles, and um, uh, like a, for like uh, a. Personally, like that's a, a big like dry run candidate um, for for me just just for the year. Um, I I knew it was something that the fellas wouldn't watch, so I just sort of didn't have it in my mind that we'd be recording on it. Which I don't take that for whatever you will. And um, Paper Moon, uh, some of us saw at the Trilon uh, as a, we had a nice group going. That was uh, the day before. Um, uh, before Chaco the cat got picked up by his owner. So for various reasons, my head was not fully in the movie. And I don't know if I would have had a lot to say on the episode. Um, uh, it, it would have been sort of bittersweet, um, which I, I, you know, um, uh, allegories. But uh, that was just me throwing a few things at um, a lot of the movies on here. I've not seen the story of a three-day pass yet, unfortunately. I do own it. The Criterion put out uh, a box set with um, some of his works, and I'm really looking forward to, to watching it. Um, so that's uh, its own special sad entry for for a lot of reasons. Um, oh, God. Uh, I, I, I blacked out. Who isn't, who isn't talking about the That's me. Uh, I mean, I kind category. of already have. Been. There you go, Harry. Uh, sure. So sure. I, 
as you, as you no doubt know, a dear listener, um, Mikey Nikki is probably my pick as well. I would say I, I would be happy to give this to story of a three day pass, um, because of Van Peebles tragic passing. Um, but we have, uh, as, as I often say, decorum, I believe if I choose, um, I, Mikey and Nikki. Oh, I'm I, sorry. Did you have something to say, guy who hasn't seen any of these movies? I, well, I do. I do. Well, just that I, I don't like the, the kind of the, the voting thing, although I do understand the interest of time. I do want to say, is there an, yeah, again, as somebody who didn't see any of these, is there, I, sorry, uh, sorry, I, one I more time cannot be reiterated enough. Did not see any of the films that he is now discussing. <laughs> well, I, I think that, that part of the, the bummer, I think is the fact that we had, we had scheduled, a recording for story of a three day pass. I can't remember what happened, uh, but something interfered with that. And I think there was like around the time, the thought that like, we should do this, right? Like this, this guy passed away. I believe he passed away before that film was screened. Am I correct in that off the top of my head? I think I so. Believe so. Yeah. Um, it wasn't long. Yeah. Right? And I, I, I remember that we had like said, like, we got to do this one. We intend to do it. I think just like life got in the way. Uh, and I think that like, Maybe saddest about not recording on. I don't know, but like I, this is that's definitely the movie. that's like I feel like I sh- I should have seen that movie. Uh, just given the intro we all see before Trilon movies, uh, you know, Melvin had peoples as a filmmaker and a person, right? Um, that is the movie that I'm like generally the most bummed about missing. Maybe that's yeah. I'm on board for that argument. Art, nope. you know. I'm a hundred percent on board for that argument. Okay, because you were just giving me a lot of shit just a second ago, so I'm just. Well, I mean, I'm sure. just saying you haven't seen any of these movies, so it's kind of like right. You know, but I my argument's not pertaining to that. About it a lot, just because like I kind of like seed the floor to people who know what they're talking about. That's just something. Wait, who that did I see the story of a three day pass? Life got in the way. See, we suck. That's I why think we my argument seemed pretty solid. Pass. I think we should give yeah, it the story yeah, of a three day pass. <laughs> I mean, guys, it's not movie we're saddest about not seeing. It's movie that we regret not recording on, which is my criteria. We could have given him his. Uh, we could have given him his uh, feathers, you know. I mean, no, I, I mean, whatever. I, sure, I, I wasn't going to win with with Snake anyway. So, I mean, if you both want to say that it, your your pick is three day pass. Sure, but it sounded like both of your picks were Mikey and Nicky. Well, if I'm allowed to put my thoughts forward, just if I'm if I'm if I'm allowed, you know, if the committee deems it appropriate, then I would put my my thoughts forward for that. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, Mikey and Nicky sounds like a great, you know. I mean, this is live. We all heard your thoughts, Cody. Anyway. I think this is yeah, you, babe. Scamp. I think it comes down to you. I don't. No, no, I don't. I don't like that at all. Uh, I I kind of like the voting idea. I know Aaron doesn't like voting. But uh, not a I fan mean, of democracy. Yeah, <laughs> not a fan of yeah, voting, I, I, huh? <laughs> I don't I, think you should I, do it. You can't just you can't just say all that stuff about the story of a three day pass and uh, like I just like I yeah I mean I regret not watching it and not recording on it for what it's worth like like a whole bunch. That's yeah I don't know. Um, I vote for story of a three day pass. Fuck it. All right, story of a three-day pass. I think I'm gonna, I'm going to vote that too. Um, Do I get a drum roll? So or? This was Aaron's. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll give you the drum roll after you say the winner is. You're you're cutting out. I can't hear you. <laughs> your your say, say connection is interesting. Say the winner is, and I will play the drum roll. And the winner is. 
The Story of a Three-Day Pass by Melvin Van Peebles, directed by him. Uh, rest in peace. I look at I look at all the nominees in that category, and I think, man, our, like, not filmography, episodography would be just, like, a little bit more cool and fun and fascinating if any one of those were in the mix. So, yeah. not, not, not to, like, middle ground everything again, but just, like, man, like, holy shit, happy trails, U5. What a year for the trial-on. It has been a run. Uh, the next category is Cody's to take away. Sorry about that. I had sticky fingers um, clicking and dragging tabs around yeah, in my browser. You don't. Um, I don't. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm. Call me a, 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 a character in Home Alone Two: Lost in New York because I am a sticky bandit. Um, but moving along, <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun to, too, Cody. Great. Uh, next category here is one that I don't think should uh take a, a lot of time just i mean obviously we can say some words about it it seems pretty open and shut uh for where where i'm sitting but this is a new category that we're introducing this year um we'll see how it goes uh but it is uh, a movie that we definitely totally understand that is the category it's um a movie that we watched and discussed and we feel like we just totally nailed it from from all facets every perspective covered really had a, a good firm handle on it and it was uh, a runaway um this year, uh, we'll see if that's the case going forward. Uh, but that is Mirror from uh, from Andrei Tarkovsky. Um, oh, oh, I should say, and the winner is Mirror. Uh, Andrei Tarkovsky's Mirror. Um, fellas, how do how do we feel about that? Like pretty, like I said, pretty open and shut, right? I mean, there's yeah. nothing more to there, 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 that. Well's been dug, you know. Yeah, like we we, uh, we mined that one. We got it. Yeah, I think we, we all got it. Yeah, we're we're already done. I think. Um, Harry, I assume. Sometimes, what more is there to say about it? Yeah, you know, it's like sometimes I'm afraid that as sort of like new sort of burgeoning film buffs and and um, appreciators of film, we don't always have the best historical context or understand the, the real history um, of a film to be able to discuss it with authority. But I'm, I'm really proud to say that that certainly wasn't the case in the case of uh, Andre Tarkovsky's Mirror, a movie that I think we can all agree we really nailed guys i really understand and it really brought yeah. it i felt i felt really on top of that movie yeah i i think that the even the, the the even more important thing is that nobody if you see us in public don't ask us about it don't ask us any questions about the production of it about what went on from like a narrative standpoint symbolism we got it we're good okay we're good so it's good move on we're not gonna be able to yeah, get if you, you have anymore. to ask yeah we shouldn't bother exactly I mean, it's like asking the time of day. Like, if you're seeing me somewhere, you probably know. Uh, well, this next category is uh, is Harry's. I'm going to let him take it away. Was the joke there that it was before 7.38 p.m. because you'd be sleeping uh, in your bed any time later than that? Yes, Harry, it was. Thank you. That was the joke. Uh, this category is Best Director pretty self-explanatory it's the best director that we uh that directed films that we saw at the trial on this year the nominees are Wong Kar Wai, Jacques Tati, Eric Romer, uh Werner Herzog and Peter Bogdanovich and I want to start with Cody this time because Cody hasn't started before I don't think Cody what do you think Ooh. uh thanks Harry um I look at this list and I think, wow, look at all, look at all those guys. Um, <laughs> better luck next year, uh, Trilon. Um, but uh, honestly, for me, uh, you know, I, in a, a previous category, I talked about, you know, the the nature of the series at the Trilon and how 
Um, it is sort of a, a layup, um, to use a sports term, to just have uh, a series based around a director and their best works and how it's, um, I don't know, it's it's cool, but it, it could be a different, better kind of cool, maybe. Uh, that being said, uh, I think my two front runners for this category in a, a one and then two order um, are Wong Kar Wai and Jacques Tati. Um, I think all of the directors represented here are, are really, really great. Um, I mean, even... I, I, I'm not a fan of Fitzgeraldo, but we spent a lot of time talking about Herzog's films, and um, uh, I really—I mean, I, I really liked Gary, and I quite liked Casper um, Hauser. Um, uh, Bogdanovich has a, a few slam dunks. Um, uh, uh, Last Picture Show is one of my favorites of the year. I know it didn't make top five, um, and Eric Romer is slowly becoming one of my like favorite all-time directors. Um, but like for me. It, it started out the year and we sort of prophesized um, Wong Kar Wai sweeping the awards. That isn't really the case because it's been a banger year of the trial on, but um, I, I, if I, I'm talking about putting my chips uh, in a certain um, corner of the table, it's, it's Wong Kar Wai's corner for me. Um, and uh, I will, I will survey the field and I see, I see Jason is, is on deck. Another sports term, Jason. I am on deck. I have the ball. Uh, put me in coach. This is my pick. I'm picking Wong Kar Wai. Um, there's nobody who doesn't like this fucking guy. Uh, he, he like everybody else. You could see the pieces lining of a movie lining up in front of other people and them knocking it out in some respect or another. It seems like Wong Kar Wai took nothing and just shaped it into a beautiful thing every time. You know, like they took a feeling and gave it form rather than like Tati set up some really intricate settings and told some really fun stories alongside them. Bogdanovich really got to the heart of the source material kind of thing. Uh, Herzog killed some animals on screen and Wong Kar Wai just managed to really, he did something that I don't think anybody else can do. He, he brought like, he made something out of nothing and then he made that something uh, moving and impactful and beautiful and defining. Uh, it's Wong Kar Wai for me all the way. Um, Harry, what did you think? Wong Kar Wai Alliance, baby. This is where it starts. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Wong Kar Wai. I think you put that very well, uh, Jason. I would like to really quickly say that, like, I, I think that all of the directors on this list absolutely rock, right? Like, I, Eric Romer is a legend. I really loved the three movies we saw. Peter Bogdanovich made one of the best movies ever made, I think, uh, Last Picture Show. Um, Werner Herzog killed some animals on screen. Uh, Jacques Tati is, is an icon, but yeah, it just like, I, I think that, um, like you had said, Wong Kar Wai is just like such an auteur in the most, like in the purest sense of the word in that, like he is inimitable in terms of the style and, uh, hallmarks of his films. And, there's like a before Wong Kar Wai and an after Wong Kar Wai um, in like a really, really profound way that isn't maybe even true of, of any of these other um, directors, although they are all all enormously influential in their own ways, right? And especially for someone who is relatively modern, right? Like I think that uh, In the Mood for Love came out in 2000 and um, Chungking Express came out in the 90s. Like we're living in like the age of Wong Kar Wai in a lot of ways. Um, and more power to him. That's why he's winning the best director for me. Aaron, what do you got? I think I'm going Bogdanovich, fellas. I don't know how we feel. And you think I, I can sway, sway? No, uh, I, I will say that, uh, yeah, it's obviously going to be Wonker. Why? Uh, I think we all knew, maybe, 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 maybe there was a bit more thoughts about it being a sweep at the very beginning of the year. But I think the minute they were like, hey, he was like, seven Wong Kar Wai films. It's like, yeah, all right. 
Um, I will say that I think I preferred the highs of not even all the other directors, but some of the other directors. Uh, but I think that the the great thing about Wonka Y is one, the highs are really high, but also I think we, maybe not all, but a lot of us have like, if not the number one, then like, I think if we picked the top like three of our favorite Wong Kar Wai movies. I think they'd be mostly different. Um, you know, some of us uh, in the mood for love, obviously. My personal favorite, Days of Being Wild. I don't think anybody else really liked that one as much. Uh, for some reason, some of the other people here like 2046. For some reason, I have not figured out yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it just, we watched a lot of his movies. Uh, a lot, if not all of them, were very good. Uh, you got to give to Wong Kar Wai. Uh, do we do we have um, quorum on this? Do we have decorum? Yeah, sorry. I think, I I think have the phrase is decorum that you're looking. The man's for. making a game called decorum. Do, do you? Do you, I mean? There's yeah, a delicious irony in this. Rural advertising. I, I understood the phrase all along. I'm not an idiot. I just uh, was trying to promote my game. Uh, the winner is. Alankar Y. Thank you very it's much. It's a long car. Why, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Uh, next segment, next award. I have to take down my timestamp. Fellas, why do we go to restaurants? Uh, we, we, go, we go to search. We go to find. We go to discover. We go to eat, to live, to be. Named eat. Very late in that, I don't know, estimation of restaurants. Yeah, eating the eating was like know. my number one. I don't know if it's just me. Eat. It's third or fourth on the list for me. Uh, I usually I usually go to, to seek and to find. Uh, it's a little this thing is... called ambience. <laughs> uh, we have decorum on the ambience of this restaurant. Uh, this is the award for best restaurant scene or sequence. We expanded this category a little bit, uh, but we brought it up this year because it's just one of those things you start to notice about the movies you watch. Just great diner, restaurant, eating scenes. Uh, if this were another year, we would have probably put Thief on here, for example. That's got a killer ass restaurant scene just for some context the nominees for best restaurant scene or sequence at the 2021 golden berries are playtime by jacques tati the royal garden restaurant sequence essentially the latter half of the film gives it maybe an unfair leg up uh in the mood for love we have the diner scene uh and the continuing instances of the diner scene throughout the film uh we have damnation and the bar dance scene if you remember people getting muddy and gross and dancey in the mud in the bar in the bar uh, Cobra Verde starts with uh, what we thought were some pretty strong scenes, including one where um, Cobra Verde himself uh, confronts a bar owner and just sort of has a musing about his, with him about uh, the nature of his goals in life and where he wants to be and the unattainability of, of glory. Uh, and then the aviator's wife uh, classically has that centerpiece scene at the diner where uh, they're outside of the lawyer's office and they're sort of speculating at what, what his uh, paramour's husband's wife might be doing. I'm forgetting all the tangled web, but it's where we learn a lot about those characters. Um, so just to set those up and remind everybody what they are about, uh, I will toss it to Aaron for his first pick on this one. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's two. Uh, ooh, I think there's three choices here that might have... Uh, a chance, although I think there is you one pretty for me, one. clear winner. Okay. Yeah, uh, here's what I'll say. Damnation, that bar scene is uh, delightful. That is maybe my number two. Uh, it is really wonderful. It is so extended, and it is like this... Uh, uh, a little ways through the year, there were like enough films where I started thinking like, is the theme behind this year, like this descent into madness, like spring break, pretty much all of the Florida noir series, like all culminated in this, like 
descent into griminess in this underworld. And like damnation was, it's not entirely about that, but just like watching this bar just get muddier and dirtier as these people drink and dance. And it's like, it's like all of these people letting out their, their, their tensions that they have from the state of society in the world. And like this, this common societal place that serves this function is a place where they can all let that out in like this, this hectic manner, Uh, beautiful scene. One of my favorite sequences of the year. It's got to be up there. Uh, In the Mood for Love, I think, also has to be in contention. Uh, It's shorter than Damnation and the next one I'm going to mention, but it is really wonderful. Uh, I think that it is just like such a a well-staged scene. I think the one thing that knocks it for me, and we mentioned this maybe on the episode, but maybe we just discussed this in the Discord, is that uh, the restorations of these films have changed the coloration quite a bit, and that scene is quite a bit more green than it originally was, and I think it looks quite a bit worse. That scene is like, there are such eye-popping blues and reds. It, it is, in its original form, like a perfect scene. Uh, I think the version of that that I saw as part of these restorations was not quite that. It's still like a nine and a half out of ten scene, but but it, there's there's something that's kind of annoying about knowing that that they just couldn't stop tinkering with it. Uh, but the number one has to be the, the playtime scene, which is extended right it's a sequence um but it is this kind of ultimate uh uh uh, kind of also a descent into madness but also this this kind of breaking down of these societal norms that the tati had made fun of in all of his other films but this final scene is people uh coming together despite despite like class and and all these other bits of their background to just like enjoy this restaurant falling apart uh uh and like descending into madness and the music uh changes as they 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 like start playing like folk music as as the ceiling caves in uh there's so many good bits and gags about like the 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 bits of the chairs stuck into the back of the seats uh the fish joke that keeps recurring over and over again playtime is number one for me i've been talking too long but yes i i would give it to playtime Ah, and Cody, what do you, what do you think, Cody? Nice. Um, I playtime is also my pick. Um, also, shout out to—I can't remember if it was said, but uh, Aaron came up with this category while he was drunk. Um, so yes, that's good. I might think up another category in about ten minutes if we if I continue down this route. Hubba hubba. Um, well, in the, in the meantime, yeah, I, I think. Um, I mean, every everything that um I would have wanted to say about the playtime scene has been said. I I mean, that's my pick. It's. Yeah, like uh, Playtime is a great movie, and that is a great um, like forty to forty five percent of the movie long sequence. Um, the bar scene in Cobra Verde is one one of the best scenes of of that movie. Um, we sort of have um, we feel a certain way about that movie. Um, feel free to listen to our episode about that if you want or don't. Um, it's it's a strange movie and probably a strange conversation. Um, uh, but uh, and and the the Parisian diner scene in the Aviator's Wife. I mean, with the Aviator's Wife being um, one of the first rumors I've seen that is like somewhat formative uh, in my understanding of him as a filmmaker. And that scene itself is also by extension like formative um just because it's uh, like one I, I think one of the best scenes of that movie um but it, i don't it doesn't hold a candle to the the playtime sequence in my mind anyway um jason would you agree whoops my hand is up and i would agree um yeah it is the, the i'm sorry so sorry the uh the the real contenders here were um were playtime and the aviator's wife i think the aviator's wife is a classic diner scene where we're just learning we're just it happened one nighting. We're just, um, 
uh, my dinner with Andre and just learning, you know, the plot is going on outside and we're just learning about the characters. I think that's classic diner scene stuff. I think that playtime is a fun, like subversion of that concept where we think we're going into one place to do one thing and it ends up being so fucking much more. It ends up being, like I said, almost the entire latter half of the movie. Playtime gets my vote. Uh, it was very fun. It's very surprising. Um, like Aaron said, I love the, the recurring jokes that like feel like they're one off and then feel like they're two off. And then they come back again for a third and fourth and fifth to go. Just a really fun invention of that reinvention of that, uh, of that concept. Um, we're going with uh, Harry for the lead up, lead up the, uh, the, the bring up the, bring up the, 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 the at, what is it called? Bring up the rear, the rear. I was trying to think of the right word for rear. It's ass. I think it's decorum. Uh, I think that um, <laughs> it's obvious who's winning. Like, I think I agree with what everybody said. I would like to say that my number one choice is definitely the damnation dance scene. Um, I think that that scene is like incredibly moving and does something with like it, it like communicating a very complex, multifaceted, and like tragic comic notion about the human race. Uh, purely visually and without sort of dialogue. It's like pure cinema, that scene where like everyone is getting dirty or everybody's getting drunk or everybody is sort of like Aaron said, venting their um, their tensions and their sort of like psycho- sexual frustrations, but they're all together and there's like a great unification there. It's like, like a really, really beautiful um, like plea for togetherness and for like, um, solidarity and understanding of one another's struggles that it's like one of the more moving scenes I've seen in a movie. Like I think damnation is, is really, really overlooked in a lot of ways. Um, oh, go ahead, Aaron. What's up? Oh, I'm sorry. No, never mind. Never mind. I was responding to Cody's joke in the yeah. chat. I, I will say that it is astounding how dirty that fucking bar yeah, gets. Dude, it, it is it's wild. It is wild. And it's like, it's uh, a series of, I mean, characteristically Bellatar, uncut uncut shots where it's like it's not just like they made the the they made the the set dirtier no the set gets you see the set get dirtier over like 13 minutes of people just walking in a conga line it's it's wild that's also the uh um the return of dark horse favorite guest um of the year perry the pube i believe shows up in that dance sequence so shout outs to perry i man, i thought we had left perry behind <laughs> oh, man, perry, <laughs> hey, oh, thanks, boys. into the berries we knew sorry i can't stay longer it's the golden perries you know we have we a love him. uh yeah all of these picks are really good but like when it comes to playtime it's like playtime is is generally regarded as one of the great cinema achievements of all time and it's basically just for that sequence so it's kind of almost cheating to put it on this list um I'll, one last thing I, I agree with uh, in the mood for love it's it's like really brought down by the new restoration still the sexiest movie ever made um so there you go. It's just like kind of aviator sex, or it's aviator. Uh, it's kind of the Matrix sexy. You know what I mean? It is. It's now. like got a little Matrix tint to it. Yeah, yeah. Damn you, Wong Kar Wai! You ruined Wong Kar Wai's best movie. <laughs> uh, it could be better. Uh, we're gonna go for the winner of best restaurant scene or sequence in the Golden Berries twenty twenty one is. The Royal Garden restaurant sequence from Playtime. Thank you very much. Uh, Cody, take it away. I will. I will take it away and um, also just keep it right here for the next category, which um, is best guest. Uh, this uh, this 
little endeavor of ours would not be nearly uh, as as great. It would not uh, reach the heights it has um, without the help of some lovely friends and guests that we've had on um, uh, on various episodes. Uh, and there is a winner to this category, um, but I'm I'm gonna bury that lead while we go through. Um, I've got a list of our um, of our guests here. I, I guess, fellas, if if you see anything. Um, or hear anything that I've uh, omitted or I got wrong, just call it out. I'm pulling these from from our shared doc, but uh, um, semi-systematically, I'm going to start uh, alphabetical by last name order. We've got Jenny Ackerson, um, who was on our Goofy Movie Table Read, as well as our episodes for As Tears Go By, Chunking Express, Happy Together, and then also Targets. Um, so uh, solidified a, a good lead in the the most attended um, category early in the year. Um, and I believe, uh, yeah, so she has, she Jenny did end up being on the most episodes uh, this year. So shout out to Jenny. Um, very wonderful guest. I'm glad Harry's negging um, got the job done after all. Uh, moving along, we've got uh, Matt Clark, um, who's on our Night Moves episode. Uh, shout out to Matt. Um, I, I won't believe these too, too long. I value and love all of our guests, um, but uh, this is going to be an eight-hour episode as it is. Um, again, love you all. Uh, next up, uh, Emily Sui. Uh, she joined for our But I'm a Cheerleader episode. Um, I love that movie, and I, I really like that episode looking back. We had a great crew for that one. Um, so shout-outs to Emily for joining us. Um, Kelly Krantz, she made her debut this year on our Wings of Desire episode, a Wings of Desire movie that I think was just outside of a lot of our top fives, um, if I could editorialize that a little bit. Um, that was the case for me. I'm seeing positive signs from Harry as well. Um, and Kelly was instrumental uh, in that episode. She she really she really brought it. Um, so shout-outs to Kelly. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw in Logan Lafferty. Um, I believe our Batman Turns special Christmas uh, episode will have um, come out by the time the berries are released, unless something wild happened. Um, uh, stay tuned and listen to that episode. Um, but Logan is a Batman fan, Stan, uh, etc. He's a great bud uh, of ours, friend of the pod. Um, shout outs to Logan. Thanks for being on that episode. Uh, um, Eric Leith, um, somebody correct me if, uh, if I said Eric's last name wrong, um, but he was on our Goofy Movie table read. Um, which feels uh, almost a, uh, like a year ago, um, which it was. Um, and he was a lot of fun and really great to have on that episode. So shout outs to Eric. Um, Charlie Mackin uh, on the Goofy Movie Table Read, uh, as well as our, uh, our episodes for Kiki's Delivery Service and But I'm a Cheerleader. Um, I mean, uh, the Mackins always bring it. Um, Charlie, maybe even more, even more so than Harry. Ooh, shots fired! Uh, 2022, Harry's revenge. Um, but uh, no, Charlie's uh, uh, amazing. Really glad to have her back um, uh, on the pod uh, when she's able to. So shout out to Charlie. Kyle Olson, Goofy Movie Table Read. Um, <laughs> uh, the the Polly Shore I didn't know I needed. Um, shout out to Kyle. Thanks for for being there. Uh, Chris Polly, uh, you may remember him from our Sherlock Junior episode. Uh, really great talking about uh, Buster Keaton, and he's a really smart, fun guy. And it was great to connect with him and get him on an episode. Shout out to Chris. Um, Igor Ray uh, was also on our Happy Together uh, episode. Um, uh, like happy together wasn't uh necessarily uh one of my favorite Wong Kar Wai's in that series looking back still an amazing film but uh Igor and Jenny um both really uh I, I, they really made that discussion something special that's one that I look back on really fondly so um shout outs to Igor um Ben Savard uh was on our cruising episode um uh freaking freakin's revenge um Ben's great. Um, we miss having you in in the twins. Come back soon. Be on an episode soon. 
shout outs to Ben. Uh, Matt Yost was also on our Goofy Movie Table Read, um, uh, as well as, um, oh God, Cabaret the previous year um, and Black Christmas. Uh, Listeners uh, may remember him. I mean, what more is there to say? Matt rules. Shout outs to Matt. Um, I'm uh, very glad for that he's down for the theatrics uh, that the table reader uh, table read brought. Um, and finally, Seth Zarati, uh, who was on our Goofy Movie Table Read, our Time Bandits episode, our Rumble in the Bronx episode, and the Batman Returns Christmas special. Um, it's a shame he couldn't win this category despite living with um, the one of the co-hosts and editors. But we love Seth. We love having him on. Um, a great homie. Uh, I just went to a basketball game with him. Um, can confirm Seth is is fun in all sorts of mediums, not just on a podcast. So uh, shout out to Seth. Shout out to all of our guests. There can only be one winner. And that, of course, is... Do we have a drum roll? Do we want a drum roll? We don't have to. <laughs> Sorry, there's an drum roll. <laughs> Uh, the winner is of course, Chaco, the cat, uh, Chaco, who, um, established the lead for this category very early in the year. Um, he belongs, uh, to my friend, Bruce. Um, uh, Bruce is uh, a homie of, of the pod. He's never been on an episode, so don't go looking for it. But, uh, Chaco, um, had a three month residency in, uh, the, apartment of one of the co-hosts that co-host was me um and he always uh, made his presence known um even when he wasn't speaking into the microphone you could always tell he was there his energy carried forth um and and really brought um uh, raised both the floor and the ceiling i think of a, a lot of our conversations uh, so shout out to chaco chaco will not be back on any other episodes he's living his uh, best and or better life um on the west coast um but yeah i don't know fellas what, what do we think about that winner I always uh, am my favorite member it. of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. hands down, pause down. I've been trying to remove Jason, but Chaco cannot understand how to produce a podcast. I've, I've tried. I like, I, I, you know, he just can't figure out the mice to, to move the stuff on the Chaco computer. But if, once we get that down, like Chaco, no problem. Yeah. Chaco will put me out of a job. Uh, let's see. The next category is one led by Aaron. Yes, folks, look, we have a lot of stuff that we appreciate uh, every single year that we like to, you know, we like to we like to mention, hey, we love this film, this director, this experience of watching movies. Uh, but much like, uh, you know, BTS or One Direction or really your favorite uh, boy band, pop idol group, uh, we all have fans, you know, but but none of us, the four of us has uh, is more lovable and more loved quantifiably, uh, than our own Cody Narvison. Uh, Cody Narvison not only loved for his great insights into film, film history, film trivia, uh, but for our uh, favorite segment uh, of every episode, at the end of the episode, whenever he's on, known as Cody's Noties. And we have an award for Best Cody's Noties. Uh, and and for this, we uh, we all chatted about it. Cody is not privy to these nominees. I'm going to read the oh come on i'm going to read the nominees talk a little bit about what it was what that segment was why we liked it uh and then the very last one is actually going to be the winner we decided on this beforehand so uh first up would be Trilove feud this was the uh cody's noties from episode 147 which was on the enigma of casper hauser uh i am of course biased myself as i did win this trivia segment uh guessing the matrix 
but this was a segment about general film trivia in which all all the three of us uh, participating, myself, but also Harry and Jason, uh, all showed, I think, very humorously and, and slightly sadly uh, that we really don't know anything about movies at all, uh, <laughs> that we host podcasts and we just don't understand what movies are. That is are. correct. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, very unfortunate. Uh, the second... Uh, of our favorite would be uh, from episode 127 on Claudine. This, of course, was the segment known as Games Earl Jones, uh, which was, of <laughs> course, a, a great a great trivia segment uh, <laughs> about, about <laughs> a great trivia segment about the career uh, and random bits of fun facts about James Earl Jones. Uh, but it also is is one of our favorites because it's simply the best pun that Cody made this year. Games Earl Jones rocks. It's so it's good. so good. I mean, it's so good. I think when you said it, we were all just like going crazy. It was it was amazing. <laughs> um, the third nominee would be uh, Drunk Love from episode one thirty six on Drunken Master Two. Uh, this was what I would say is a pretty good, maybe even above average trivia segment uh, that that turned great when Cody agreed to take a shot of fireball for every question uh, in which which two of the three of his co-hosts get correct. So if Jason and I got one correct, he would take a shot of fireball. Uh, Because we are all so intelligent, uh, basically every question you could hear Cody doing this. Uh, And uh, by the end of it, I like to think that he was pretty much falling down, although probably not. He's a pretty sturdy guy. Uh, the fourth uh, nominee here is uh, for, uh, hard to, Force of Rabbit, uh, which is from episode 140, <laughs> Harvey. <laughs> this, this was uh, simply a, a trivia game about cinema's greatest rabbits. Uh, truly a great uh, 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 trivia game. Uh, it was also, the I think, the second best pun of the year, of course, behind Games Earl Jones. Which, I mean, that's number one. Uh, but those are the four nominees. The one winner, though, uh, Jason, can you give me the, the classic drumroll here? The winner is... No, no, I was... Okay, there was, yes. Uh, the Nodies approved Tony Lung Chu Y alignment of character report, otherwise known as the N-A-T-L-C-W-A-C-R from episode 106 in the Mood for Love, also known as the Nattle Quacker. Nattle Quacker, uh, gang, right? Nattle Quacker. Yes, Nattle this segment quacker. totally rocks. Uh, uh, in, in case you, uh, I mean, you all listen to this, of course, but in case you forgot what that segment was, uh, Cody, uh, uh, basically tried to tie all of us to Wong Kar Wai, uh, uh, film characters based on answering kind of like, uh, Fallout video game intro questions about how do you start off your day? Do you do A? Do you B? Do you do C? Uh, and then kind of like a personality matrix tying us into, uh, uh, the characters in Wong Kar Wai films. Uh, we, we all ended up, uh, getting uh, uh, Chow Mowan, so from, from specifically in the mood for love. We all ended up getting that despite answering differently on pretty much all of the questions. Uh, so that was very good. That segment's very good. Nattle Cracker is very good. Cody, you are truly the best among us here on this podcast. Congratulations uh, uh, and thank you. We look forward to 2022's uh, Cody's Noties. Uh, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, th- uh, way too kind, gentlemen. Thank you. I'm merely a reflection of the people I surround myself with, so this is as much y'all's award as it is mine. Uh, yeah, last year, uh, a year ago, I had the Nattle, uh, the Nattle Quacker uh, waiting in the wings, and so I popped off on the episode and was like, hey, I uh, got some even bigger and better things in store for 2021, so just you 
fucking watch out. Um, I do not have such things uh, on standby going into 2022. So we're just going to play it as it lies. That's another sports term. Uh, more sports terms coming for sure. Uh, but this, yeah, um, thank you. Uh, it, it's fun to think about this stuff and y'all make those uh, segments uh, uh, extraordinary by uh, either your correct answers or sometimes even better, your complete swings and misses. Um, so thank you for being who you are. Um, thank you. Was it Try Love Feud in which none of us managed to get any points? No, no I, I won that one pretty handily, actually. Okay, so. there was the one where yeah, you threatened to, to poison Cody in which we all ended up just bombing. Oh, there's the one in which I threatened to... Send me anthrax. Yeah, yeah I threatened to... I mean, okay, look, I, you know, I, I, I have had certain disagreements with Cody, but I would like to thank Cody for uh, supplying me answers uh, to all of the, the Cody's Noties trivia segments under the table oh, before the recording. That's... What? You said I could reveal it. What? You I said it. I could I reveal it, Cody. I was kidding. I was kidding. The berries oh, you said blown. don't do that. Oh... Yeah, I said uh, don't with like three asterisks. Uh, Harry, time for the next time for the next category, Harry. Yes, uh, thank you once again, Cody. Truly the MVP. I take partial credit because the greatest thing I ever did for this podcast was convince Cody to come onto it, which I did personally myself. Uh, hey, remember, remember when you asked me to be on an episode, and then I, I said I, I told you when I could be on, and then y'all never got back to me and recorded. Uh, an I don't episode. remember that because I was not I involved in that conversation, no, I but I believe that. Harry probably was, and I, I feel okay. so bad for you. No, okay. I, what I do remember is that it took some doing. Uh, I had to convince Cody really. It literally did happening. not. No, it did. I, I had to come to you three times like Zhuge Liang uh, and Liu Bei. Maybe it was the method of the doing that was slightly inefficient. Well, maybe maybe would have taken him. Maybe I, had, maybe, end, I, maybe I was busy Justice that day. prevailed, and Cody joined our podcast. We're so much richer for it. Uh, speaking of simps... I have the great honor, arguably, we're the Sims, Cody. You're giving me a look. We're, we're all Sims for you. Uh, but that's not a category tonight. The category tonight is 2021's most prestigious award, I think we could all say. Uh, certainly the most exciting, the most sought after. It is the Simp of the Year. 2021 was the year of the Simp. We had been watching for it taking notes on it, diligently preparing for this category, really the climax of tonight's Golden Berries, the simp of the year. That is the character who is the the greatest simp, the simp to which all simps aspire. And we have 10, thank you, Jason. We have 10 nominees because this is worth talking about. So couldn't do five. Excuse me. Couldn't fit it into five. Oh yeah, no, of course. There were not. too many simps. Too many, they overflowed. There were simply too many simps. You have to understand. <laughs> when hell, when yeah. hell runneth over, the simps shall rule the earth. Rule yes. the earth. Yeah, the simps will inherit the earth. So the simps are in no particular order: Francois from The Aviator's Wife, Tombo from Kiki's Delivery Service, Chow Mo Wan from In the Mood for Love in 2046, Zhao Zhang from The Hand, the Wong Kar Wai short. Uh, All of us, that that being myself, Aaron, Jason, and Cody, as we watched Barbara and Constable as Tanya in Lady Terminator, that's us, we're the simps in that particular category. Uh, Anthony, Luke Wilson's character from Bottle Rocket. 
um, Damiel, Bruno Gantz's character, who gives up his immortality to be a simp in Wings of the Desire. Lloyd Dobler, the simp extraordinaire, the template of simps in Say Anything. Miss Kelly, Peggy Dow's character in Harvey, Gender Equality, Women Are Simps Too. And finally, Sonny Crawford, Timothy Bottoms' character in The Last Picture Show. A great simp, I think we can all agree. However, there can only be one simp for the simp of the year here in 2021. Gentlemen, who is it? Can I can I make a suggestion? I don't want us just to vote on this. Can we pare this down? Could we, oh, we do have to. It's like, like, like refining style. a piece yep. of art out of marble? We are revealing the, the, the beauty that lies within. Can we agree that Miss Kelly is not the number one sympathy here? No, please? she's not. Uh, Get her out of here. here. I don't, I, again, gender equality. She's great. Uh, I, I think she's she needs to be on sim. the list. It's an honor to be nominated. Yes. She's wonderful in it. Uh, I really love the way that um, Dowd has so much game that he runs on her, uh, and she really eats it up. Uh, her heart ultimately does belong to the Doctor. Uh, she's a great, she's a great simp. A, a, really, a, a truly an example to simps everywhere. We love her, but she is not the simp of the year. Farewell to Miss Kelly. Who are we? Who are we eliminating next, gentlemen? Cody, what do you think? Who are you looking at as the weak link here of symptom? Um, I, I I'm still formulating the why. I I've put together like a list of like in my mind the top like three or four, and I'm kind of looking at others on the outside. Uh, how do we feel about Tombo? Tombo no, is simple here. Yeah, I mean he, he, I, I, he's pretty he's pretty simple. I have. A- He's pretty childish. Yeah. He's a humongous simp, my guy. I mean, come on. Can I can I make an argument though? Because I, I, I he, he is a simp, but here's here's the thing. Because I think Tombo is most clearly relatable to Damiel from Wings of Desire, and that they both give up some sort of supernatural element in order to to chase the object of their desires. Here's the thing. Damiel uh, uh, gives up something and he really ponders it. He regrets it. He really thinks about it. He's, ah, oh, I got to give up being an angel and immortality. And, and, and luckily, Peter Falk is there to be like, oh, it's okay to do, you know, he does the Peter Falk uh, super charismatic thing. Tombo doesn't even, Tombo's just like, yeah, um, this, this chick's hot. And then guess what? It works. That's that's not very simple. That works. You know what I mean? Like he just nailed that in one. Well, he's not standing outside with a boombox. I mean, he's not he's not <laughs> pawing it or window. He's it, like, it, it yeah, I got this. It takes the whole movie though, and he does make several overtures before anything happens, right? Like she does that, neglect him. That's true. Is that, that's is true. That being a normal guy who's interested in a girl, or is that being a simp? I wouldn't I argue he's not a simp. I think this is. I think simp. he's an incredible simp, but this is a list full of incredible simps. This is a, a yeah. list full of the greatest simps. It's a yes. sad category. Uh, you got to. I mean, the thing is, I don't. I don't really like eliminating Tombo this early, but I understand that we're not. We're not like ranking these one to ten, right? There can be only one. So all of these simps are great. I think that Tombo beats out a lot of the simps on this list, frankly. But I am. He's not winning. He's not going to win. So thank you, Tombo. How do we? Right. And farewell. I'm striking through on Tombo on I'm the so list. Sorry, Tombo. Uh, you're sorry, Tombo. Um, One of the best characters of the year. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's but, great. Yeah. Uh, what about Sonny Crawford in the Last Picture Show? Compa- just compare him to the rest. Does he? Does he? Does he float to the top of the crap? He didn't no. make my top. And, like and I think the thing is, the thing here is that he is he is divided in his allegiances, um, and he uses his. Uh, what happens to a simp deterred, if you will? Uh, he shacks up with a married woman and has a, frankly, 
just devastating relationship with her. And that is sort of the key to the movie. Um, so we get to see the consequences, the darker consequences, perhaps, of symptom here. But a, a symptom, a symptom of simping, of symptom. Uh, Aaron, what do you got? What it's do you got, simple, man? Harry. It's simple. Here's what I'll say. I I think Sonny, for me, is like a top, of the overall list, like a top five, maybe like top three simp, but I don't think he's winning it. And I, I will say this, uh, uh, if I use the argument for Tombo, I think I've got to use the same argument. He does technically marry the, the, the uh, you know, the person that he is simping for. Now it's a, it's a clearly a fraught marriage. He's being used in a manner, right? He's like competing uh, for her with his, his childhood friend. Um, he he is a simp. I, I think that there is a a version of the Last Picture Show that is slightly more of like a romantic comedy, say anything style, in which Sonny Crawford is like emblematic of symptom in the same way that like Lloyd Dobler, clearly a top three simp, is right. Um, but like, I think the movie doesn't support his simpness enough, uh, and it's kind of a phase in the movie instead of the yes. objects of the movie. And so I'm I'm fine with cutting Sonny. Crawford, also, it's it's what's crucial about this and why I think it really illuminates Sonny is that. He gets over his symptom by the end of this movie. I'm, I'm pretty inarguably, right? I mean, like he doesn't... <laughs> the symptoms of his... his yes. Yeah, it, it clears. And we're not looking for a simp who's a simp some of the time. We're looking for a simp that's a simp for life. And I think that's why Sonny is out of here. What's next? Yeah, What's I next, agree. everybody? Are we coming for... We're really getting into it now, but... Can, can, I, can I make a, a weird... I guess I just talked for a little. Can I make a weird pitch here? I don't know. Some might go for it. Some might not. I would like to just consider Chow Mo Wan in in the mood for love because I think it, it is kind of. I, I think considering like yes, twenty forty six is a sequel, but I think like he is a simp in in the mood for love. He is not a simp in the sequel. I think it's fair just to consider the former. Yeah, I think I think it's fair just to consider in the mood for love and like twenty forty six separate thing, separate not separate character, but separate character. You know what I mean? I, I I think he is in the contention if we're just talking in the mood for love. But I think we bundle him. He he's got to get out of here right away. I interesting idea, uh, an interesting audible to call. Um, sports refs don't stop. Um, even so, I mean, like if we want to do the thing where we like um, split up like director uh, entries. Like, I don't even know if even pairing it down to just in the mood for love, he's the best pick for Wong Kar Wai. Like, am I, am I wrong? Like, I, I think the more simping. He whispers into a hole for all eternity to reveal his, I mean, I don't think he does that for all eternity. He just well, does it. That it keeps his secrets. You I know, know you it's mean. yeah. I don't, who, wait, who do you, th- now I'm, now I'm curious. Did we miss? Well, he, it's Who not, you put it, the it, cop it from critical uh, reading skills. It's the other Wong Kar Wai that's on this list, my man. I think that's what Cody was getting at. I'm, oh, oh, I said, yeah, no, I said no, okay. I skipped over it. Uh, yeah, uh, let's get the handyman on. Let's let's get Chow <laughs> Moan out of here. Unfortunately, like you just can't compete with Zhao Zhang. The man is is simply an immaculate simp. He can't he can't, he can't be he's, argued with. He can't be the- destroyed. He's at the absolute top of my sympathy of the year list. He's he's, uh, he's up there, but we're we're still eliminating. So Chowmo Wan, we love you. Uh, maybe treat women a little bit better. Um, and you're not the simp of the year. Um, next, I'm going to go to, and I'm sorry, Jason, in particular, but um, Anthony, very strong simp. Nobody is arguing he's not a strong simp. I think he's a great simp. 
Um, I would I would argue, in fact, that his initial scene with his love interest is perhaps the simp moment of the year, where he just follows her throughout her entire um, run. However, this is not maybe arguably not a movie about simps. This is a movie about camaraderie and brotherhood. Uh, Bottle Rocket is a movie about Kyodai. And the Kyodai are Dignan and Anthony. Uh, and so when we're when we're considering simps, what we have to consider is is the fact that they're a simp integral to the narrative, or is it incidental to the narrative? And I don't think I, that Anthony being a simp is the most important thing about his character. In fact, I think that his symptom is contextual and symbolic rather than overwhelming. Uh, but I'm 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 interested in your arguments. I I think I agree on the fronts of it not being integral to the movie. I think it's integral to the character what he like what he wants, where his path actually takes him Certainly. to and from, and like bouncing off of Dignan. I would say that it's integral to his character. Does it define him? Does it? Is it the point of the movie? No. Does it? Does it have repercussions to the plot? Yes. I I think I think I could stand to lose Anthony. Do you have anything any ideas, Aaron? I here here's what I'll say. I this, this is I'm going to get a lot of objections to this, but like I don't even think of Anthony as a simp because the the scenes in question and and Wes Anderson's just like style of filming. I think that the way that he acts in that scene is yes, someone who has like quickly fallen in love and he's like showing his affection and he's following this woman around this hotel. But uh, in a perfect world, we would not consider the response uh, uh, from the the you know the person that he is simping for uh, as in, in regarding whether he's a simp or not. But I think that there is a style to Wes Anderson's directing that is it like kind of doesn't even come off as simpish because he, he like follows her through and he's talking to her and she's just like going about her job. And she's like, every once in a while, she like turns to him and answers the question and then goes back. And it's like, it's so Wes Anderson that like it fits so into his style that it, to me, it didn't even come off as simpish to when, when someone suggested him for this category, I was like, wait, he's not a simp. I'm like, Oh wait, yeah, I guess he is on paper a simp. Uh, but I think a lot of that is due to the kind of very talkative stylistic nature of the direction here. We're like, I, yeah, I don't know if he's like a top five for me uh, uh, just due to that, but maybe I'm just, I'm also not a big Wes Anderson guy, so who knows? Yeah, well, we all have terrible opinions sometimes. Um, <laughs> that's absurd. Of course, Anthony is a simp. I would never take that from him. What I would like to say is that uh, Chow Mo Wan is inarguably defined by being a simp. That is his most important character trait. That is the character trait of his life is that he simps as we all do for Maggie Chung. Uh, so we've already eliminated a guy who is defined by symptom. Uh, and Anthony is simply not. So Anthony is, is not it. What do you, I didn't cross off Anthony, but somebody did just cross off. I I, I, I killed my darling. Uh, looks like Cody's like got something to say. Sure. I was not banking on uh, Anthony being crossed out, but now that he is, I was going to suggest a top three, um, but I guess I will reframe it as I think Francois is the next to go. Francois is outside of um, that that tier for me, um, uh, as much as I I, I, I think Romer, <laughs> Romer films are probably, uh, they stand to be chock full of simps, um, and I will be uh, 
making the most of my time to, to prove that to be true. But I don't, I, I think Francois sits beneath um, the, the rest of the three. I, I guess I'm curious if anybody is, is opposed to that. It seems like Aaron might have a thought on that. I, 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 for me, the top three in no order, although for me, there is an order is Francois, Xiao Zhang, and Lloyd Doppler. I think that the next to go is Damiel, who is undeniably a simp. He gives up immortality, his angelhood, in order to uh, uh, in order to love a person and exist in the real world. And like, but like a lot of that one is like to feel emotions and to feel alive. But two, I think that if you if you scale for the the feeling of the film, right? This is a film in which angels decide to fall from heaven and decide to make that jump. And that is kind of a simpy jump, but like if you're scaling for the tone of the film, Francois is just like a Roma film. He's just simping nonstop. It, it's like two hours of that man simping in a film. We saw other Roma films in which people kind of simp, but they don't simp like that. Francois is like a, a shining. He's the shining star on the hill in, in Romer's filmography of like the, the, the Ur simp. Uh, I think, I think for me, Damiel is probably the next to go, but I might be wrong. Harry, what do you think? Um, I think I agree with that. I think that the, the crux here is that in so far as much as Damiel is a simp for his love interest, which he undeniably is, nobody is denying that he's a, he's a great simp. The man simps for life, really, uh, almost in equal measure. And you can't simp for life. One does not simp for life. One simps for uh, a man or a woman or a non-binary person that you're just crazy about. Uh, and unfortunately, I think that's why Damiel has to go is that his, his love of a woman is, is it's filled up with all of this other symbolic nonsense about uh, what it is to be a good man and to live a good life. And, you know, all of that like literary cinema stuff that makes Vim vendors so good, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I think Damiel's the next to go as well. Francois is simply, Man, is he tough to tough to overlook. In in any other year, Francois would really, really take this. But man, did he have a tough in uphill battle this time. Jason, what do you think? I have no arguments to uh taking Damiel off this list. I, I, I feel strongly that um I guess I guess the, the, the symbol of his simphood was yeah, in fact, like sacrificing his immortality. I don't I don't know that that beats just being like a like a low life who doesn't do who doesn't act. A sop. His, yeah, yeah. Like I think the sopness of of the simp is kind of integral, which left me a the little sop of the simp, leaving baby. it behind. <laughs> I, I unfortunately, Cody, I think that the the voices of your co-hosts are are building to a symphony uh, to take uh, Damiel off this list. That, That's okay. That was really that was that was good. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, and it looks like Damiel is well, or yeah. So okay, hold on. So Damiel's off. We've got and then we've got three left. We've got uh, uh, and then there were three. We've got Lloyd Dobler from Say Anything. We've got Zhao Zhang. um, uh, Apologies uh, from The Hand and Francois from The Aviator's Wife. Um, Does one stand out from the rest of the pack here? Do we need to? continue pairing or is is it clear enough where we feel comfortable making a picky and the hands shoot up into the air um i think aaron's was first yeah the the hands do shoot up into the air here's what i gotta say folks i think that i gotta number two i gotta give a shout out to the boy lloyd dobler he is i i think maybe more than anybody else in the history of cinema unless there's some sort of representation of a biblical figure i'm forgetting about the 
iconic simp so much so we talked about in the episode the the symbol of him standing outside of uh the bedroom he's holding the boom box he's holding it up in the air it's playing romantic music i thought before i had seen this film for the first time that that was the climax of the movie that that wins that that wins back you know the day for him that, that they run off together after he decides to you know show his love in that manner and in the movie it just cuts to the next scene. It doesn't work even more simpy. I mean, this this man is like the classic rom-com simp. However, however, very important. Zhao Zhang, he nuts once. In his, he nuts one time, okay? One time. He gets one handy. He gets a hand job once. Done. His life is, that's it. That's his life for him. Because at one time, do you understand? Jason, you're laughing. Please unmute so there's some sort of audience reaction uh, to me making these jokes no, on this right. podcast. It, that's I it for him. That's, that's all it needs. A hand job. It's like, he, it, he might as well just like nutted at like a school no, dance and like no. ran into the bat. What are you talking about? He's no, he, clearly the simp of the year. He's the, the handyman. Another instance of like gender equality. He also gets a hand job from a woman who's like living is from providing sexual work to to others, other right? people never to him never once to literally him, but, but exclusively to other not to him he, he in is, fact he often he, like will he'll like sit outside and just like which we are supportive of, our, of as a podcast by the way. yeah of course of course um sex workers are great uh work is work and uh but he'll the man will just sit outside of the boudoir where she is conducting her business and just smolder He'll just sit and he'll take it. He'll sit in his simp juices and feel that build up in him. And for I think for that reason, you're right. I mean, like, it's it's tough, right? Because Lloyd Dobler is inarguably the iconic simp of all time. Like, at one yeah. point in the movie, he says, I know what I want to do with the rest of your life, my rest of my life. I want to be with your daughter. I'm good at it. That's him basically saying, I'm a professional simp to the end. And like, <laughs> he got to shout that out, right? Like, it, he's he's number he's number one in many books, just not mine, because Zhao Zhang yeah. got one yeah. hand job from the woman <laughs> that he sims for, and he's just that's all his life is. Like, he doesn't think about anything else. He doesn't do anything else. His profession is recreating that moment in his mind over and over again. He's the apex, the end all, be all, the alpha and the omega of simps. I gotta I gotta give it to him. <laughs> The 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 argument that I made uh, back on the Say Anything podcast was that that this this moment and the ding team team ding here uh, represents like a a a a gun being fired at the beginning of a race. This is the beginning, right? And Lloyd Dobler saying uh, 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 to her father, you know. I want to be with your daughter. That's who I want to be. That is a very teenage thing to say, and sometimes that works out. Sometimes that doesn't work out. But like. That that's part of being a teenager and in love. Zhao Zhang, he's, he's simping a grown-ass man. for decades. For a, yeah, he's a grown-ass man. He has a job. He has a salary. He is paying taxes. He probably has a mortgage, and he is still simping in the same manner. I, all simp's have to bow down to him at a certain point. I mean, it's 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 he like turns, cartoonish yeah. in the level of the symptom. He's like a simpson. You know what I mean? We uh, have to give him a hand. <laughs> you you might say we got to hand it to him. He is a simp supernova. He is the North Star of simping. He is like the ultimate the star. <laughs> uh, I don't think it can be beat. I, I'm ready to throw it all on on Jia Zhang from the hand. Uh, but we've got like formally. Should we just formalize that we're going to strike both Lloyd and Francois? We haven't touched Francois. Cody, do you oh, agree? I, I need to hear. Does Cody? Does Cody have? You know, we've been swallowing I, the. Uh, I, I no, I agree. The handy takes it. 
the guy got a handy and it changed his whole life. Legend. That's my most liked letterbox view because everybody who reads it goes, yeah, no, that, that, yeah, wow, what a simp. All right, we need Harry to formalize it with a quick, uh, the winner is. Nothing would please me more, Jason. The winner of the best simp, the simp of the year 2021 is. Zhao Zhang from The Hand, and I fucked up, but Zhao Zhang from The Hand, okay? That's that's who it is. It's the handyman. The handyman can... We've got one more... The handyman can uh, simp. Yeah. We have another category here that I'm going to introduce. This is King of the Trilon, as you know from previous editions of The Golden Berries. We have... Uh, he's, he's the best... Uh, He's the best all-round male presence in a movie in uh, in films short of the Trilon. Uh, actor is probably reductive for what this person is. They are the lifeblood of the movie in most cases. They are they are uh, an essential element. We've got um, we've got uh, in terms of nominees, we have James Earl Jones from Claudine. We have Peter Falk from both Murder by the Book, a secret training of the uh, described. A secret screening at the Trilon and Wings of Desire. Uh, we have Tony Lung Chu Wai from several films in the Wong Kar Wai series, including In the Mood for Love. We have Jackie Chan from Rumble in the Bronx, Snakes in the, Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, Drunken Master 2, and Jacques Tati from the Jacques Tati series. Uh, we have to start our discussion with um, let's let's try Harry on for size. Where where are you feeling? We're, we've hey. got. Uh, We've got these five nominees. Who sticks out? Thank you. Um, these are all great nominees. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think that this has a standout winner. It's Tony Leung Chu Wai, like pretty inarguably, right? The man is the hottest dude who ever lived, probably. Um, he's the star of many of Wong Kar Wai's movies, including um, the double run that sort of defines Wong Kar Wai's career uh, in The Mood for Love in 2046. Um I got to give it to him personally. Um, you know, I love Jackie Chan. You know, know, I love Peter Falk. I would love to give it to James Earl Jones. Um, but listen, I mean, Tony Leung Chu Wai simply is the king of the trial on 2021. Do any of us disagree? Jason? I do not disagree. Um, there are a bunch of unimpeachable names here. I feel like uh, Peter Falk is just maybe next year uh, for Peter Falk. I feel like Jackie Chan had his chance uh Jacques Tati is too big a goofball to be a king of anything. Um yeah, I think it's Tony Lung because he just man, he's he's indelible in uh, the several movies that we saw him in. Um we saw a full really rounded picture of him as as these characters and uh, and you couldn't replace him with anybody else. Uh Cody, what do you think? I'm inclined to agree. Um Tony Lung Chui is looking at King of the Trilon for the year 2021. Um, a lot of kings, uh, a stacked category as it as it always seems to be. Um, yeah, I, I you'll you'll hear no disagreements from me, Aaron. I I would make an argument. I think I think there is. I th- yeah, I'm deciding in my mind. Here's the thing that I'll say. I think that this is, uh, it seems like that choice is weighed slightly heavily towards actors and also actors who are very hot, which I do agree with. Uh, but I think Jacques Tati as a filmmaker, as the person who starred in, I think all of the films that we saw of his, uh, as someone who wrote those films largely, made the the goofs and the bits uh, that make up those films. 
Uh, I think as the over, if there was an actor of the year, I think it would, of, of course, it would go to Tony Long Chui, of course. But I think as the king of the Trilon, someone who had an entire series named after him, uh, yeah, I'd go with Jacques Tati, I think, personally. I got to say, um, for me personally, uh, Tony Lung Chui defines the Wong Kar Wai series of the Trilon. He wasn't in all of them. Um, and I think that's a stronger showing than, or excuse me, strong, stronger evidence for King of the Trilon than had a series named after him is that without even being like in all of these movies, he is, he is the element that sticks out maybe most. I mean, Maggie Chung, obviously, uh, Fei Wong, obviously, but in terms of like a presence that really sang through the entire series, Tony Lung for me. I just wanted to comment on that specific. He's much hotter than Jock Tati is. Eh. There is no question that if I was going to smash one of the two and I'm not, that's impossible. But if I was going to, uh, for multiple reasons, impossible. But if I was going to, yeah, I would not go with Jacques Tati. I mean, I mean, uh, but I think know, it, it's not just that know, he had a series named after him. He had a series in which he pretty much, I mean, you know, author theory, get that shit out of here, right? But did a very large amount of work uh, on the, the again, the script, the directing, the shot composition, the acting, the general tone. I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I would... I would think that that King of the Trilon would kind of have to go to Jacques Tati just due to that well-rounded nature, but that's how I'm thinking about it. Well, it's um, not. It's going to... That's wild! Tony Ling Chui. The guy directed five movies that we saw. We're not best. We already did best director, motherfucker. That has nothing. I know he acted in them too, and he did all this other stuff. You got all right. Okay, bro. Twenty-five percent of the vote. That's why I hate voting. uh, I think. I think Cody. I can see in Cody's eyes. He has anger. There's anger. I can see. Our penultimate award of the evening goes to, or sorry, is being introduced by Mr. Aaron Grossman. Yes, the next uh, category that we are tackling is the Queen of the Trilon. A number of great nominees for this one. Uh, And here they are. The first is Anita Mui, uh, who is in uh, Rumble in the Bronx, as well as Drunken Master 2. Uh, She was also a very small part uh, in Days of Being Wild. Uh, Second would be Marie Riviere, uh, a name that I still don't know if I'm pronouncing correct, but uh, she was uh, kind of a a cornerstone of the Eric Romer series. Uh, She was in The Aviator's Wife and The Green Ray, very important parts in both films. Third would be Maggie Chung. Uh, she was in just a, a whole lot of movies, uh, kind of similar to Tony Lung Chu Wai. Uh, she was, I think, kind of hand in hand with him as being a symbol of those Wong Kar Wai films, uh, uh, specifically uh, In the Mood for Love, 2046, and so on and so on. Uh, Diane Carroll uh, as Claudine in Claudine. Uh, and then lastly, uh, uh, rounding out the nominees would be Solvig de Martin, uh, who uh, was in Wings of Desire. Uh, Harry, who is your pick for Queen of the Trilon? Guys, the queen has to join her king. It's got to be Maggie Chung. 
I think. Uh, she she was in so many of these Wong Kar Wai movies. She's like the best part of all of them. I just pulled up a picture of her and my heart absolutely melted. Uh, it's very difficult to argue with Maggie Chung being the queen of the trilon. And I'm, I don't think I'm going to try to. I think that she is number one. Uh, my number two would definitely, I think, be uh, Marie Riviere, followed by Anita Mui. Uh, all tremendous, all definite queens of the trilon. But... It's got to be Maggie Chung first. Uh, what do you think, Jason? Uh, I think it's. I think it's. I don't. I can't put it into words. But it's. It's for me. It's. It's Anita Mui. I, I think I enjoyed both of those movies. Uh, I. I don't. I don't even know. Maybe I'm just burned from the two hours forty minutes we've been recording. Uh, I'm. I'm voting Anita. I'll back I'll back you up on that real quick if I can just jump in. We're doing a tag team match right now. I don't know which way Cody is going to go. Thank you. Uh but uh uh I think I could probably guess here. Uh I am also going Anita Mui. I think that her performances in those two films are so good and despite both being uh comedic are very wildly different comedically. Rumble in the Bronx uh uh she plays like Yes, it's a comedic character. Yes, she's she's beating up on Jackie Chan. That's the same thing she's doing in Drunken Master 2, but in such a different way. In Drunken Master 2, she's like this symbol of authority, and Jackie Chan is like, he's not really, but he's basically like this 13-year-old who just keeps getting into trouble. And at every step, Anita Mui is there to like hit him with a, a, a piece of wood or something uh, to like tell him to stop being such just like a little shit, right? Um, and she's kind of doing the same thing in Rumble, but in such a different way. And in, in both times, it's character that I could very easily see being just like so annoying to watch in like a worse film done by a worse actor of like a worse script. No, uh, that, but that Anita is a Mui very compelling point is that in another person's hands, the Anita Mui character would definitely have the potential to be terrible. Yes. Yes. And, and Wong Kar Wai specifically is somebody who uh, obviously, obviously he uses Maggie Chung incredibly well. That's like one of the, the great pairings. Right. Uh, but he's like Wong Kar Wai is great at working with kind of any actor. Like I think even actors who were just in one or two of the films that we saw are like incredible. Right. And it's because they have incredible well, writing. Make the argument uh, that uh, Maggie Chung doesn't deserve this because Wong Kar Wai is a good. No, no, no. That's a silly argument. No, I'm back on the no, that's, train, that's, baby. That's so that's not the movies. argument I'm making. But I, I think Anita Mui, Anita Mui elevate. Like, no offense, the writing of the characters in Rumble in the Bronx and Drunk Master Two are not the same thing uh, that Maggie Chung has to work with in In the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love, that character is like one of the great characters. Anita Mui is elevating material that is still good in like movies that. Uh, maybe not both of them, but like one of them at least that I prefer to the Wong Kar Wai uh, films. But like she, she is like elevating, you know, good stuff to truly great and like truly memorable alongside Jackie Chan, who's a hell of a person to work with. I think. I think Anita Mui. I know I just said it was burned. Uh, I think Anita Mui is better as a playing off of Jackie Chan's straight man than uh, in the case of Maggie Chung and Tony Leung Chu Wai in. Uh, in the mood for love, we have two characters who are just similarly distraught, depressed, and in love, and know they shouldn't be, and they're just sort of spiral that. I mean, not that one of them has a, a, a role that's wildly different from the other, where in the case of, it's simpler, I think, like a more easily recognizable and easily grokked, but I think it's, I won't, I won't even say more effective. I think just I was, 
I think I was just happier watching Anita Mui play off of Jackie Chan. I think I would just like, I don't even know that I agree with Aaron's point of it elevating. I oh, think you it just. You were happier watching Drunken Master than you were watching one of the saddest movies ever made? That's yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, I, yeah, I was. Yes. It's kind of strange. Um, Talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I, I had, I, I don't know that I agree with Aaron's point fully about it elevating the movie or elevating the, the story or anything, but I think I know what you're getting at. Uh, that he, that like her role is necessary for that, for that story, to, for like, for that, for the whole entire mood of the movie to take place or else it's just a straight action movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm uh, aboard the Maggie Chung train. Um, I, uh, her performance, I, I mean, in a, like she's great in everything. Um, her performance in, uh, in the mood for love is, is incredible. Um, the, maybe my favorite performance in my favorite movie of the year. Um, and uh, hey, Letterboxd fans, she has been in the uh, the most movies of any other actor uh, that I've seen in movies this year. Um, so that's just some fun. Non-Trilon uh, tri- slash Tri-Love context. That being said, Anita Moy is my number two. Um, her character in Drunken Master 2 is incredibly fun. Um, really brings like a, a special flavor to it. And um, if that's how the cards fall, I will not be... Uh, incredibly upset um maggie chung is is my queen of the year um and that is if that needs to be my consolation then so be it she is also mine and i will not be budging to anita mui with much respect to anita mui but it sounds like cody will be maybe just to to break the tie here it sounds like anita maggie mui Chung's be, my number one you know, anita mui is my number two Do but that in, in the effort you know in the now here, here's the thing is now maggie chung Excellent. Excellent in all of these films, but I feel like she is kind of pulling ahead here, like, because of In the Mood for Love, right? Like, I liked her a lot in Days of Being Wild. I liked her a lot. I mean, 2046, she's in there for a very small amount of time, right? Yeah. Uh, although she is, I think, credited second. Um, I, I I think that Anita Mui is, is a more of a presence in both of those films, Uh in my mind, Maggie Chung. I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue against her part and in the mood for love. Right. Um, but if we're, if we're talking about queen, queen of the trilon, well-rounded, I, I, I think, uh, I think I got to give it to Anita. I, I also think there's a non, not insignificant. Like, I think this is Anita Mui's chance. She wasn't in a whole lot of stuff that I could see playing at the trilon. Uh, whereas Maggie Chung is like a highly decorated, still active actress that I feel like we could see more from her and that she will have more opportunities to claim or at least appear on the no. Golden Berries? No? No. She has retired. This is it, man. She, she did retire. Well, uh, She did retire, but I believe... remove the active part, and my point still stands. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mag- Maggie Chung did did retire. Uh, Nita Mui did pass away, though, so uh, one I, is a little... As little yeah, Spokai, unfortunately, a little more formal. Days of being wild... In the mood for love. Yeah, I didn't actually like her part. Like she does very well, but I think her character in As Tears Go By is like actually not something that I really love. To be quite honest, she's doing a good job of it, but uh, you know, I think Wong Kar Wai would figure out some of those themes, flesh those out a little more in later films. You might say. Sorry, guys. I'm not. I am. I cannot budge from this. Anita Mui is a great comedic actress in those two movies. Maggie Chung puts on maybe the best actress performance of all time in In the Mood for Love. It's it's pretty tough to beat.
Something's got to give. I I do have the stop button right up there. That's what's going to give. Cody, can I call in the karma point from earlier? Uh, Fitzcarraldo, is it time? I feel like if anybody's going to bend on this one, it's you. I'll stop you right there. I was the first person uh, to break my spine earlier, uh, five hours ago on this episode. Also, uh, the the fact that we all keep talking and and me me holding my 9 p.m. Showtime hostage that I think it's pretty clear that I'm not going to make is certain um weighing on my mind i'm i'm willing to give it to anita moy i'm willing to show mercy i don't feel good about it maggie chung is still my queen of the year but anita moy um uh, i i will not say that uh, she doesn't deserve this recognition because i, I think on some jason what the hell does. man i don't even think that's your real opinion i think that this is just spite at this point yeah because i want to stay here There's while food is cool, cooling behind me and my <laughs> stomach is eating itself just i just want to sit here out of nothing it sounds like we have a winner for this uh this category aaron you want to you want to give it to us Yes, and the winner of the year, or the winner for Queen of the Trilon is... Anita Mui! Uh, congratulations to Anita Mui. Uh, Cody, if you're really, really quick, well you deserved. can make that 9 p.m. showtime. <laughs> I, our biggest, uh, historically, the category it's taken us easily the longest to get through um i'll find illicit means to watch it sorry john morat um i know you'll be smiling down upon me um in your corner of the your film closet somewhere um in any case what i'm uh, what i'm going to do is lead into the the final category of the year the biggest the best it's it's what we're all well it's not what we're all here for it's it's a very important category it's best picture what i'm going to do is i'm going to read uh the 10 uh, nominees they're in no particular order and then i'm going to i'll I'll toss it to someone where in my mind we should go through the same approach that we did for the sim category and just suggest one to to kind of nix and work our way up from there so the the 10 nominees for for best picture an incredible year for film at the trial on we have bottle rocket Drunken Master 2, Harvey, In the Mood for Love, Mirror, Mon Oncle, Chunking Express, The Aviator's Wife, The Last Picture Show, and Aguirre, The Wrath of God. So those are the 10, um, starting maybe from the bottom, working our way up, uh, nixing them one at a time as we go. Uh, Aaron, do you see sort of a, a, a straggler, um, someone who, who in your mind is should not make this list that you think we can nix? Yeah, I will fall on the sword. I will. I will offer up my uh, my child for sacrifice here. Uh, I think that Mir is the best film that I saw this year. Uh, by a maybe, well, not by a good margin. There's Mir is either the best or the second best film that I saw this year. Uh, I really love it. I don't think any of the fellas loved it as much as me. I think most of the other fellas loved the sacrifice a little more, which is fair. They're both good movies. Uh, but you know what? Here's the, the thing about Mir is that, uh, you know, we, we got that one. Like we understand it. We figured that one out. There's really no more to, no more to say about it or ask us about uh, concerning that film. I think we can strike that one and I will strike it in good faith. Just because, because of how much we've got it. Just because. Well, I mean, you just, you watch a movie so many times you get, it's like, is there more water in that rock? We don't have, I don't think so. Sure. Um, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That being said, Jason, what about you? What are you, what are you thinking? 
I am spurred by the spirit of Killing Your Darlings. Uh, nobody wanted Bottle Rocket on this list except me, and I'm ready to take that as a sign that it shouldn't be on this list. I love, love Bottle Again, Rocket a lot, for the record. One of, I really love that movie. I, I, I know we all liked it, and I think it's just another Mirror and Aaron situation where we all liked it, and one of us just liked it more, and that's fine. I'm going to say we nix Bottle Rocket. Do I hear any objections going is this is this an indicator that I could have gotten Spring Breakers over Bottle Rocket on the nomination list? No, not. okay, it never mind. Keep not. going. You're keep taking going. the wrong list. No, I will not object to Bottle Rocket. Okay, I don't hear any objections to Bottle Rocket, so I'm removing Bottle Rocket. Um, Harry, do you see any other uh, weak links? Yes, uh, I mean weak link is a it's a tall term, right? I um, I like all of these movies a lot that that remain. Um, I gotta say, in in it's bitter, right? But like, I think Aguirre Wrath of God is like a, it's a good movie. It's a smart movie. It's it's a really like well done movie. I just didn't like. I didn't feel it to the extent that I felt the other movies because I think that hatred and resentment and anger are really what that movie is built on, and those are good things to be built on, right? But uh, I I don't think that 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 translated for me, or maybe it's just not something I'm, I consider as valuable as some of the experiences that I had. I really like a but I think ultimately in the end, it's, it's almost like a really, really good shot at a really, really easy target. And maybe not even a ton more than that, in my opinion. But Aaron, what have you got? Yeah, I'll say that I maybe like a more than all, but one of the films that we have remaining. I really like this movie. Uh, I am also the guy who gave his favorite film of the year last year to, to live and die in LA. So like that, that hatred, that like acidity, you know what I mean? That like real, just like back of the throat bile, uh, that movies can have every once in a while is something that I like, but that's also maybe due to me being, uh, an unemotional shell of a man, uh, incapable of feeling. Uh, so I would put it up, uh, at the top of this list that we have personally, but I do think that it should probably go cause it, it doesn't have a chance over any of these other ones. So, uh, yeah. Uh, good to strike it. Yeah. I yeah. think you're good. It's Done. in the bottom half of that. Harry, who do you think should, uh, speak next? I think we're up to Cody now. I would like to hear from Cody. Cool. Um, yeah, that's moving right along here. I, I, I'm sorry to both, myself and and jason um i know we both love harvey um there may have been some gifts exchanged this holiday season um that fulfill that same vein i know half of us are not as high on harvey and that's totally okay i don't think harvey stands a chance at uh being best picture of the year um i i i I hate to do it to your buddy but um i think it's it's probably Probably something we got to do. Um, I guess, uh, we're, Jason, we're are you okay down. with that? I, I am okay with that. It's another bottle rocket where I can recognize my personal affection for it is not hugely influential on the group. Um, I think I, I might as, like Harvey more than you guys think I might like Harvey. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm fine with it going, but I don't know. I, I dig Harvey quite a bit. You don't like it enough to call it best film of the year, though. Is my point. Um, you don't like quick, you don't like it more second. than Aguirre. I'm sh- well. That's true, but I, I you know, I'm, yeah, so. I'm stabbing myself in the heart here. You know. Um, let's see. Who is it? Uh, is it back to Aaron? 
You saucy boy. Uh, I, now I'm and I'll get saucy right here. Uh, if we want to get saucy, I think these are all very good films remaining. I think there is one better Wong Kar Wai film than uh, the other one on this list. I think Chung King Express is a classic. Uh, is a film that I think we all liked quite a bit. Uh, I think it is. Uh, I'm not going to say even inferior because, like, what's the point? But like, I think In the Mood for Love is a more appreciated film from all of us, I think. Uh, so I think if we're going to cut one, that would be it. I think I'm the guy who would defend this, and I would need Cody to support me. And as I've been proven twice now tonight, uh, I cannot count on him for support. And so I agree with this. I think we can get rid of Chunking Express. You're such a baby. <laughs> we all get a little pissy around 9 p.m. <laughs> Look, I'm just yeah, saying, it, I called, Gondor called for aid twice, all right? Twice. It, it sounds like we are or, wait, striking. Twice out of a lot of categories. Twice ain't, twice ain't too shabby. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm just you know somebody with like a stats degree, but twice out of, what, <laughs> 15 categories? <laughs> you poop ass. Uh, I'm going to raise the flag and say that I think... Um, <sighs> I shouldn't have raised the flag. We are down to Drunken Master in the Mood for Love, Mononcle, The Aviator's Wife, and The Last Picture Show. Uh, can you believe it? It's all led down to this. Um, I'm going to say the aviator's wife comes off. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to that. Fair. Does anybody have yeah. any significant objection? Well, in light of the remaining one, two, three, four movies that we have after that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I was the only one to have it in my top five. I know uh, Harry had a rumor as well. So unless Harry feels strongly about having rumor representation later into like the top three or whatever, I think we're good to strike it. No, I, I love aviator's wife to be clear. We saw it on a like newly restored 35 millimeter print at mm-hmm. the trial on. It was a gorgeous movie. I think it's a really, really great movie. Um, it was the first rumor that we saw. And I remember being like, Oh God, buckle up. It's going to be a good series. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think we can ax it. Okay. Aviator's wife coming off. Uh, Cody, what do you think we should kill next? Oh, lordy, lordy. Um, I, oh boy. Man, this is tough. I, so in, in my mind, so there are four left. Um, I'm going to frame it. I'm going to tiptoe around your direct question and frame this a little bit differently. In my mind, there are two, there are two that stand above the other two. In my mind, the, the sort of lesser two, which heavy, unfair phrasing, um, but the, the lesser two relative to discussions on this episode and how our top fives have looked um, uh, at the top of the episode. Um, I, I see Mon Oncle and the last picture show being sort of the bottom two. Um, so I feel like it's, I mean, I, we don't necessarily need to strike them both necessarily. I'm just one person, but for me, it's between those two as sort of the next one to go. Um, does anybody see it differently or, or want to uh, cast a stone somewhere? Sorry, I should have handed it off to someone more directly. I, I think I think those are... It it hurts. Those are both movies that I think would probably both be in my top ten. For sure, the last picture show. I think my uncle is well. Although the Same. there is another yeah, Tati yeah, film yeah. that was in my top five. But like, I it hurts. But I think those are the next two to go. The thing I'll say is that like my uncle, such a good kind of like the aviator's wife or like we talked about this on the dry run, but like we watched it and was like, let's go. I'm in for the series. I want to see more of this, the set, the tone, such a good way to do that. Last picture show, maybe like a top, 
I don't know, 30 movie of all time. You know what I mean? 50 movie of all it's, time. It's like it's so it's good, like, man. Oh my God. That movie it's is so good. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'm okay with ditching those two. Yeah. Um, oh, that's complicated. I, I would personally kill drunken master too, before the last picture show. Oh, uh, I mean, what are you talking I mean, about? All, all, all. I thought you were going to be with me on this. Maybe I thought I had a chance. All due respect. I, I, I understand. I didn't have a chance, but I thought I had a chance. I'm not firmly planted in this opinion, but all due respect to Drunken Master Two, the Last Picture Show is a movie I would not have seen if it was not playing at the trial on, and that is one of my criteria for best picture. Is it was played at the trial on, and and the fact that like that I saw it at the trial on is a good reason that I did end up seeing it. You know, it's, it's, it's so you're saying that that is the, the argument that something you would not have seen something if it didn't play at the trial on is a good argument for something being best, but interesting. I will reserve that for a No, I won't. Uh, that's not going to work, but, uh, really over. I thought drunken master two was like your, your it's shit, man. I mean, like literally probably top 10 movie for me of all time. I, and, and that's why I say I am I'm movable on this, but I'm just very surprised to hear both Cody and Aaron say. Would you sorry, Would you have seen In left. the Mood for Love? Would you have ever watched In the Mood for Love if you did not see it at the trial? Would you have chanced upon that? One? I mean, probably there was a new Criterion release, and there was a whole bunch of shebang. I think about me and Cody it. never shut up about that movie well before it was. Yeah, yeah, we're really funny. yeah why are you targeting it? Drunken Master Two with the, with this with this hate when it could be applied to? I think. Three out of the four, probably here. Maybe I don't. I think about my uncle. Maybe not. But also, last picture show. You wouldn't have gotten her. I feel like I. That's like a. I hear about the last picture show quite a bit. I feel right. It's no, like no. one of those. I. I. I guess I'm just surprised to hear Cody and Harry both both jump on the yeah last picture show can go. We were like overwhelmingly like life changingly positive about that movie. Uh, I I am I am happy to roll over. I am okay killing it's- it. It's it's a uh, it, I and again we we've said it Jason, many times just, up to this point. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, it's like it, it is a great film. I I don't feel good about cutting it. I mean, even having it go to the, to the top three and and or four and seeing it go was like, ugh. Um, but I, I, I'm in the background, kind of looking at the writing on the wall and seeing, you know, like in the mood for love is on three of the four of our top five lists. Drunken Master Two is on all of our lists. Um, and last picture show, I think was it. Was it uh, just solid numbers, Harry? Harry, yeah. Did you have it? Last, Harry, had, last picture show was my number four, and I replaced right. it. Uh, but With, it was on, yeah. on, very much okay. on that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- it was my number six. Like that was the one that I was like, it's either this or damnation. Right. And it's like, uh, and I guess I, I'm taking damnation. And, and, and best picture does not play into top fives one to one. Top fives I see more as just like supporting evidence. You know, I'm all about the numbers and the noties and etc. Um, so that's that's where I'm that's where I'm coming from. I'm I'm trying to get us to a place where we can all be at least somewhat you know, uh, positive about the, the final mm-hmm. results. That's a beautiful yeah. sentiment, Cody. I would like to express the opposite, which is that Jason, <laughs> you said you were happy to roll over. I don't think that's in the keeping with the spirit. I know we're tired. I know it's been a long night. I know that we're all hungry. I think you're, I know that we gave up personal plans. I know that, that we're all at each other's throats. I Listen, saw you eating a cookie, Harry. I know I, that your I, blood I, sugar I is a in a good yeah, place right now. Uh, but, but, we have to we have to rage against the dying of the the berries here. We have to go with our hearts, our souls, and our guts. So if if you think Last Picture Show is the picture of the year, you got to do it, my man. Uh, Jason, Jason, 
don't be swayed by this this evil voice, this this poison saying, in your ear. You have, have to take it to the mat. Drunken what Master Two is the best movie of the year, and we can't rate a best movie of the year if we cut it now. So why would we cut it now? That listen, doesn't make any sense. Me. Let's I, cut Last Picture Show and my uncle. Last Picture Show is our uh, Drunken Master Two is my number two. Easy. In fact, I would be willing to have that discussion. I I think maybe you underestimate how much I love the Legend of the Drunken Master, but. The fact that you called it by its uh, translated name instead of Drunken Master 2 maybe makes you think you, me think that you are maybe like uh, more, uh, simply trying to sway I me. I don't think oh, that's brutal. I don't think that Drunken Master 2 is like, it's not really a sequel to Drunken Master. I mean, we watched. It's the sequel to Drunken Master. There are thematic uh, uh, connections that you only can understand by watching the first Drunken Master. Jason, what's up? I do feel right now like I'm. In that scene in the movie where, like, the protagonist is is hypnotized and he thinks he's doing something and he thinks some, everything's all right, but there's something that's clearly not all right. And like, you pan back to real life and he's like slaughtering children or putting his hand in the uh, grind in like the sink grinder what? or something. Like the fact that Harry is telling me huh? to stick to my guns and say fuck drunken. Yeah, he doesn't want to fight. It feels wrong. He doesn't want to fight. It feels wrong. But no, I mean, well, I'm our, saying our, that we our, have to. We all have to be the men that we are. I, I don't I don't like this rolling over business. If if this night has taught me anything, it's that we have to stick true to our guns. I listen, I'm gonna come for I'm coming for uh in the mood for love. That's the best picture. I I no bones about it, right? But I wanna know what your best picture is, you know? And and part of yeah, it he's... is part of it is also now that our our plans for the night are absolutely not happening harry's down to go hard on this for the next 35 minutes so yeah i got nothing going on anymore (laughs) oh no harry unchained why don't we just cut my uncle on last picture show what is the what is the yeah i think we can do that moan uncle at the very least i don't know if somebody somebody wants to say you know love that movie but bigger playtime fan so I think it was a concession for me that I was like, yeah, I guess we'll put my uncle on here. It's a, yeah. it's an honor to be nominated, despite being the second best of Jacques Tati's Jason's films. Jason's making very good faces uh, right now. I, I, my computer's going very slowly, and it brought up like the the inspect element page for Google. Oh Docs. God! Oh no! It was uncomfortable. It was a jungle out there, man. We're, we've just killed Last Picture Show and Mononcle, correct? Yes, and then yep. there were two. Oh god damn it, Jason! What are you I'm doing? I'm so sorry. I'm trying to use. What my is the one that was? What was the one that was nuked out of here? Press Control Z a bunch, please. What was the? Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. okay. We're back into normal. We're down to Drunken Master Two and In the Mood for Love, a movie also about being drunk but not uh, on spirits. Uh, Harry, at our first Golden Berries. The picture of the year that ended up winning, if you'll recall, was Seven Samurai. Did I think that was my... Was that my favorite of the movies we watched that year? No. Is it my favorite Kurosawa? No. However, I thought it was the one that best represented the best film series we saw that year. And best represented what I thought represented the best of Trilove that year, which is that we stuck really close with a single director for that long. And we watched their the chronology of their films in order, sort of like all build up towards their masterwork, right? The thing that we all acknowledge is sort of a culmination realization of their deepest held themes, which they had been building towards throughout their career. I think that this year's version of that movie is In the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love is 
pretty indisputably Wong Kar Wai's masterpiece. Even the people who prefer some of his other films would agree. I think that it represents, along with 2046, a culmination of everything that he had been building across his career. The thesis statement of Wong Kar Wai's career is in the mood for love. It is about the being the simp. And in the year of the simp, I think that In the Mood for Love is the movie that best epitomizes the project of Try Love this year, which is why I think it's the best picture. Do you remember uh, another aspect of the argument that you made for Seven Samurai? You did not just make the argument that it is Seven Samurai. You did not just make the argument that it was some sort of culmination of Kurosawa, of the project of this podcast, but you, but you had another aspect of that argument. I'm wondering if you can recollect what it was. No, could you enlighten me, Aaron? It's that we saw this film on 40 millimeter. We saw it on film, right? It was a rare opportunity. It's 40 millimeter. Sorry. <laughs> Got him! Uh, it's real tight. It's we, done. No, he's out of there. Nope, you're done. We you're saw. No, there's nothing. There's <laughs> nothing to say. You're done. We saw. We saw the. We saw the Seven Samurai on film on a very rare copy of the Seven Samurai. Uh, sorry, it's late. I'm tired. Uh, a very rare copy, uh, and that watching it uh, in that experience, and what some might say is the kind of the, the perfect, the ultimate way of watching The Seven Samurai in a packed theater, on film, surrounded by friends, eating some snacks, was the best way to watch that film. Uh, and although I would never take to task, for example, uh, uh, you know, our ability to to watch the Wong Kar Wai films in a theater uh, due to COVID and whatnot. Um, I do think that there is a, a slight bitterness that comes along with watching uh, In the Mood for Love, specifically a, a very flawed version uh, of In the Mood for Love, a version that is clearly uh, degraded from what the film used to be before it was tinkered with, uh, it does make me feel a little uncomfortable, right? This is not the optimal may- way to watch this film. We did not watch this way in the best way that it can be watched. Uh, admittedly, we may have not done that for Drunken Master 2 as well, right? Uh, but there is something that really strikes to the core of what really annoys me with with, with uh, directors and, you know, auteurs and whatnot, going back and tinkering with, with, like, true greatness. And In the Mood for Love is true greatness. It is a truly great film. It is not my favorite of Wong Kar Wai's films, but it is, as I think you would say, the film that I would have to say is his his greatest work in a career that is, is defined by truly great works. Uh, and and we talked about it a little bit with the restaurant scene earlier, but to tinker with it in such a manner, not as much as uh, Fallen Angels, for example, which was tinkered in like absurdly stupid ways, right? Uh, but to tinker with that and then to 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 put that out as some sort of new definitive restoration, uh, I think it's natural that we would watch that as part of a series and then talk about that and discuss it. I'm happy we got the opportunity to do so, uh, but. As someone who I think was kind of swayed by your argument about The Seven Samurai and watching it in that uh, perfect fashion, uh, I think that Drunken Master 2, one, is just as good of a movie, uh, is In the Mood for Love, uh, is similar, uh, similarly to the way that in, in the Mood for Love is kind of this apex of this style of filmmaking. Drunken Master 2 is the greatest martial arts film, certainly that I've ever seen. I'm not going to say ever made, but that I have ever seen. Contains the greatest physical acting I've ever seen. Uh, I think that that film is the year that defines 2021 uh, of Try Love for me personally, uh, uh, although I, I do like In the Mood for Love quite a bit.
are we allowing our experiences with the po- our intersection of the movie and the podcast itself affect like our our criteria here? Like, can I say this was I one of the so. most fun episodes to record on because we all just love this movie? Sure. So yeah, I think where so. We get, okay, then I then I think it's it's Drunken Master. I learned a lot about uh, uh, in the mood for love. I we went to some really deep, interesting places, and having Jenny along for for the ride for a lot of those episodes was wonderful drunken master Two, just all out joy and talking about movies with your friends joy i think it in a world where they're both like to me equally respectable movies for different completely different reasons that just ekes it out for today for this year's award for me i i would i would put my way behind drunken master Two. uh cody i haven't heard from you in a little while yeah uh i'm on the in the mood for love train um i love both of the movies in contention at this point um uh, I, to Harry's point about in the mood for love being a, a culmination of an artist's journey and the, and the fact that, um, you know, we, we did, I mean, we sat with Wong Kar Wai for what felt like half a year, man. And just like taking each of those movies step-by-step step and really getting into a rhythm, which we so rarely are able to do, um, like for better and for worse, this was during a time when, you know, I know lately as things are opening up and, you know, we all have other obligations. Some of us play sports, you know, it's been, um, tough to, it, I think some of us do. Um, it's been, you know, lots of like, you know, what are we recording on? Um, it, it, we don't always get to stick with artists or like a certain theme for more than a, a week or two. I know there were some points in the year where we had to sort of, um, you know, paste together popsicle sticks to make some semblance of a schedule work out. And, um, t- at the start of the year, I, like, I feel almost spoiled, um, like s- having the Wong Kar Wai films, at, you know, that streaming promotion, um, I guess that, uh, that the trauma was doing and for us to go through um, and for us to get to in the mood for love again, the, the, one of my favorite films was some of my favorite, favorite performances ever. Um, I'm incredibly sympathetic to sympathetic to the, um, uh, what Aaron was saying about, you know, us not seeing this in perhaps the, the best way possible. Um, Wong Kar Wai o- o- oversaw some, some changes to his films. The restoration came with some stylistic deviations, um, you know, a, a green tint and, and a lot of scenes, um, some cropping. I did not watch uh, the film in that format. Furthermore, I, neither of these films I watched at the trial on this year. And so like, for me personally, like I, whatever we go with, I'll feel a little hollow about it. Um, not that I don't love both these films, but like not missing out on the chance to see, um, to, to see them with, you know, with y'all at, you know, the, the theater that sort of inspired this, like I, I will feel a little weird about. It. And so like, that's, that's why I'm not putting as much stock into that just because, um, you know, especially, and especially because not all of us are, are in the same city anymore. Like our mileage is inevitably going to vary from that. I think, and I mean, with drunken master too, I think I ended up watching it in a different language from y'all because that was the, the Blu-ray I had uh, of it. Um, and so I, I don't know more variables, hashtag stats. Um, that's where I'm at in the mood for love. Um, drunken master two is, is my number two. That's where I'm, I'm sitting. Yeah, I'm really conflicted. That was beautifully said, uh, Cody. I would give two concessions to Aaron's argument, too. Um, one, I did see Drunken Master at the Trilon uh, on 35mm. Um, oh, good. With nice. a Cantonese translation that I don't think... 40mm, you mean? Yeah, on 40mm. On Thank you. Uh, sorry. Um, it's, it's five better. 
I've heard. I do really enjoy. Um, it's tough, man. I'm. I think I'm. So the the thing about in the mood for love for me is that I don't know that at many movies have changed me as much as like a person as that movie has uh, in, in the idea that like, I think that that is one of like, I maybe 10 movies that has literally changed my perspective on life. Um, and like in a, in a really profound way. Um, I think that that being said, I, that is unquestionably my favorite of the movies that we watched this year. Um, and I think it's not fair to compare the film uh, argument because we couldn't have seen um, in the mood for love at the trial on that was still sort of like in the midst of the pandemic. Um, I'm this is the the character arc that I see for myself on this episode is to roll over now and give it to uh, Drunken Master Two just because it's very fun. Um, I don't think it's as good as a movie. Um, I don't think that it means as much to me, um, and so I feel somewhat hollow about this, but. Uh, I am willing to give my vote to Drunken Master Two. Is this the the th- the three season long Aaron and Harry battle uh, uh, arc that we are both going through? I just feel bad. Maybe for you? the culmination. Really? I mean, I tried. So <laughs> I mean, everybody should. It so it was so cute, right? It's like I can, can I actually make a. Oh yeah, no, please go ahead. <laughs> Can I can I make like an, an actual what I think is like not as some sort of uh, triumphant boo boo moment, but like actually like uh, I mentioned this uh, on the episode for Drunken Master Two, uh, but I I did grow up watching a lot of martial arts movies. I watched that movie uh, when I was like really young a bunch, uh, and then did not watch it for like the I guess I'm still hopefully kind of young, but did not watch that for like the middle period of my life. Um, and in the back of my head, I had like remembered like a few things about Drunken Master Two, a few of the scenes, the bamboo, uh, Jackie Chan doing the stuff, a train. Uh, but like the thing that I remembered is like factory sequence. There's like something. There's coals. There's a factory. There's like all of this. And and watching that film again, and like I was even like confused going into it. Like, is that one or two? Because I also remembered the the uh, culmination, the final climax fight scene from one, uh, which is like out in this kind of field. It, it's like just two people kind of no props just pure kung fu and i remembered all of that but i remember that factory sequence and like watching that probably separated by 20 23 years at this point uh it felt like oh this is like this is this thing that like truly is that good and it's like it's it's you know, I can't say that this movie affected me or moved me in the same way that In the Mood for Love might have affected Harry, but like there, there is this feeling of like, I grew up with this film. It's like one of those things that you just always think about every once in a while and you have these glimpses. Uh, uh, but then watching it, you're like, as an adult, you're like, oh, this is like truly as amazing as it felt when I was a kid. Like this, this sequence, this film, these characters are like truly that good may not be as like emotional, uh, but it is like cinema in this, in this kind of amazing way, at least for me. I don't know. Jason, you look like you've got something to say. Not anything smart. I guess just that. I don't know, man. It's comparing two movies that make me feel like no, no other movies feel, you know, which is impossible to like, there's a, an incredible mixture of like joy and elation and wonder at Drunken Master 2. There is an incredible like somebody is seeing into the soul of humans feeling of uh, in the mood for love. I 
we we've done a little bit of apples and oranges here, not just in the format, but in the actual yeah, hundred percent themselves. Um, did you actually want to follow through on reneging your choice, Harry? Uh, no, I mean I think that something. Well, first of all, maybe I I did remember as Aaron was talking that you guys gave Ania Mui Queen of the Trilon over Maggie Chung. That's absurd. Uh, and you should all be punished, and I should keep you here all night for that because you're fucking morons and you're et cetera, et cetera. I think I think that maybe the most fun we all had together uh, on the podcast was Drunken Master, and I feel like that's maybe the best reason to give it uh, because, like you know, I in the mood for love is I I really hate this precedent, right? Because like it feels like we're gonna not give downer movies, uh, like we're gonna give a weird like advantage to comedies going forward but i have faith that we won't do that uh and i guess that uh drunken master 2 is the most fun that we all had it was on all four of our movies of the year so i'm fine with giving it to drunken master though again i do uh i must protest um on maggie chung's behalf to the end of time thank you harry i know pretty vividly why you like why you love in the mood for love you know me pretty well what could you tell me that could make me think this deserves it? Like that we haven't already covered. Is there anything, anything that's like Jason's sensibility indicates X and here's why in the mood for love scratches it. Cause I, the more you talk about it, the more my, my vote goes like, uh, well, Cody has something to say. So first I want to hand it off to Cody. Uh, and also, I don't know. I don't know if I want to win you over because now I'm back in the camp of drunken master. But we we could do we could do this battle all night. But go ahead, Cody. Sure. I I guess two points. Um, I, I I'm you know I'm I'm very open to this going to drunken master too. Um, like I said, love both of those, and that's it is what it is. Um, yeah, comparing apples to oranges etc um with regards to your concern harry i I mean consider last year it was uh if memory serves ganja and hess and hard target in the final two and ganja and hess won out you know if we're talking you know uh wow what a comedy (laughs) um so just yeah i don't know food for thought we are we are men for all seasons um or something um i i think just I don't know. Everybody's done such like a, a really lovely job, sort of illustrating their experience um, with various movies. Like Drunken Master Two was a movie that I saw a few years ago for the first time by myself. Um, just like in, a, I mean, this was pre um, Try Love and and pre Trilon for me. Like I, I wasn't at the point where I was you know going there all the time, and I was sort of exploring films on my own. And Drunken Master Two slash the legend of drunken master you know i i watched it i loved it it was a solo expedition and the um you know coming back and this is far from the only movie that like i had done this with um i'm sure i'll do it with more movies in my lifetime but like re-watching that either for the podcast or just like with friends and coming together and just being like you all saw this too right like this is th- like you all think this is great too Right. And like finding out that, you know, um, someone like Aaron, you know, Aaron has like a really deep, rich history with this movie and like Kung Fu films and Jackie Chan in general. And like coming to like that's that feeds into um, not that in the mood for love doesn't like embody a lot of like what we're trying to do here with this little thing of ours. But um, like that's something I really like about drunken master two and like what we've been doing in the past few years um like discovering new things together but also like 
recontextualizing the sorts of things that we love independently and like finding, you know, um, not necessarily new meaning, but like communal collective meaning for those things together. Like that's that just, it, it enriches the text. Um, and it makes like going to the movies that much more fun. So like I'm, I've used the word thankful a lot, um, for the past, um, going on a three plus hours. Um, but like for, for drunken master two, that's, that's one thing I'm really thankful for it, uh, doing. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I think that like particularly Aaron's love of Drunken Master like translates for me. Like I love the movie more because I know how Aaron feels about it and I really really love that feeling. Like that's that's like why I do podcasts, right? Like that's extremely um important to me. Um I did think of an argument for <laughs> in the mood for love uh for Jason um which is like the I think the reason why I love it and something that we both love um a lot is the concept of hauntology or like lost futures, um, the idea that your life did not go the way that you wanted it to, that there was um, that in the mood for love is, has really been like an empathy invoking evoking movie for me um, because of how it illustrates that. I, I think that like the, I've talked a lot about the universality of in the mood for love's message. Um, but I think that it really is embodied by um, Tony Lung, Char Wise, Chu Wise character, um, Chow Mo Wan, that there's just this idea that everyone has a version of Maggie Chung. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a person. It could be, um, a career it could be uh, a best friend it could be um a place in time that is now missing it could be the um emergence and and victory of a political ideology that never came to pass it's um i think that that in the mood for love ends up speaking to something that's really fundamentally human about the fact that none of us are the people that we want to be and none of us will ever have access to that version of ourselves and that there is something fundamentally human about holding those things in mind and knowing that everyone around us is this sort of imperfect, incomplete ghost of what they want to be or what they think they may have been at one point. And I think that that's a theme that is like one of the great themes of cinema. And the reason why it works so well is because it's something you can carry with you into real life. Um, like that knowledge that uh, In the Mood for Love has imparted on me gives me so much more empathy for people everywhere when I know that like no matter who you are and where you are or how successful or unsuccessful you are, there are these these infinite sort of like versions of you, identities that exist inside of you that you wish you could have been or thought you could have been that now you sort of have to remember instead of being. And that that's, I, I, I find that like, I find keeping that in mind makes me like a better person. It gives me more patience for other people. It it helps me. Uh, and In the Mood for Love really helped me understand that. So I, I think that's why I love In the Mood for Love as much as I do. However, uh, Drunken Master is also very good. Aaron, what do you got? Uh, I got a point that I'm trying to decide whether to just put forward as like pro Drunken Master too. Because there, there's like a, a an interesting comparison here. Uh, in that something that Cody said, Cody, you, you said that you didn't watch Drunken Master 2 in the original language, which I believe is Cantonese. Uh, did you watch like an English dub of that or what? Uh, yeah. Do you uh, remember? Yeah. If memory serves, the Blu-ray I have only has the the language. It, it has English and no other translations, which is yeah. wild. There, there's there's. I, I think that this is going to come off kind of like I'm, I'm cheating here, making like a point just to make it. But but truly, I think that that if the 
the context around watching In the Mood for Love was watching In the Mood for Love. They're showing it the trial on it. They had planned to show it at the trial on. Watch it, and we watched the original version of that film. I think I didn't call me out on this or not, but I think I would probably have rolled over near the beginning of this conversation. Um, I think that there is something specifically around comparing it to Drunken Master 2, uh, which is a film that I think kind of represents the ways that uh, Asian cinema, specifically martial arts cinema, uh, was often changed, uh, uh, unintentionally often by the people who made it, but by people who were porting the films, uh, over to, uh, generally English speaking markets, right? They changed the name of this film from Drunken Master 2 to The Legend of Drunken Master. Uh, they, they made a bunch of different languages, uh, that, that's not the original language, uh, here, uh, and, and kind of, you know, that was the way that you watched the film. That's the way that a lot of people grew up with the film, right? And this doesn't just apply to, to Drunken Master 2, but a lot of different martial arts films. A lot of people grew up with like, hey, I, I grew up with the English dub, dub of this film. Um, you know, Police Story, they couldn't call him Kakui. They had to fucking call him Jackie because, hey, this is Jackie Chan. This is going to be more marketable to people who are watching these films. Um, and although that is, is negative in a lot of ways, there is kind of a story of triumph of these films that still established a market uh, uh, despite having to overcome these barriers sometimes uh, uh, due to to some of the changes, right? But there's like a story of like a, a thing like catching hold in a way that is like completely unexpected. Um, and the thing that like really bums me about out about like a lot of these Wong Kar Wai remasters is that like that may have been true for him as well, like early on in his career. But at this point, he has the resources and it, like the, the conscious decision that he made was to alter these films in this way that I like, again, I'm not an artist at the scale that he is, or I'm not an artist at all. And, and there are very few people in the world who are on his level, but like the fact that he altered these films in that manner made that conscious decision. It like leaves such a bad taste, like just looking at stills of what these films used to look like and how we altered them. It's like, it's not like George Lucas level, but it's like, it's like, what, what are you doing? You know? Um, and it's like, again, it's, it's like a perfect movie, you know? So yeah, I don't know. It's like such a weird thing to compare these two films, but I feel like there is that weird little nugget that is like similar, but different. Yeah. That's not something I really considered in my own evaluation, but it is something that in retrospect, just knowing that about the, like adding that to the comparison here. Um, it sounds like at least two of us described it as like hollow or empty, this victory, which if it makes anybody feel better, if Drunken Master 2 takes it, we will feel hollow like in the mood for love leaves you feel like. I was just going to, yep, very good. So really, I'm speaking, I'm speaking really into the little the hole in, yeah. in the uh, temple, right? Uh, also, I would like to say that I really appreciate Aaron's argument, right? Like, I think that seeing this in the original Cantonese, I believe it's Cantonese, it's Hong Kong. Um, it's Cantonese, yeah. Yeah, it, on 35 millimeter and knowing that, like, the reason that that still exists and we're watching it in Minnesota is because people cared enough to preserve it and, like, yeah. to push through the, the capitalism of um, anglicizing it or like making it palatable to a Western audience such that like the, the emergent narrative that like Hong Kong films matter and like films in their original form matter and films like literally 35 millimeter, 40 millimeter films matter is like a really powerful narrative that is like a, a real like inverse of the much darker 
more capitalist, weirder narrative of Wong Kar Wai kind of hurting his films just for the sake of it, <laughs> for like the megalomania of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But also probably well, in, like, I, I don't want to like, he's, I think he's well-intentioned, right? He is a genius, you know? Um, and like, uh, who the fuck am I? Right. So that's like the bummer about criticizing. Hey, it. Like, I don't think he's like taking these films down a peg or even doing the thing that like the distributors of, you know, films like drunken master and drunken master two were doing. I don't think he's just trying to make a quick buck. I mean, maybe with restorations or whatever, but like, I think he's, he seems well-intentioned, but it just, it feels so bad. Man. Yeah. I don't know. And, and like, it's, I just said that we shouldn't consider this, but like, I will say that if we had seen the original restoration or the original film of 30 of in the mood for love on 35 millimeter, I would be driving to Aaron's house to kill him right now. If he I, w- I would have rolled, I honestly yeah. would have rolled. Yeah. Over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have, but, yeah. But that's not what happened. That's not the version of life that we got. And so hauntologically we can imagine that future, but that's not it. And I think that in, in the uh, absence of that future, Jason's right. So Harry has used an argument that leverages In the Mood for Love to successfully convince that we should not give In, <laughs> in the Mood for Love. How have I done this to myself? I, you really are unlike anybody else I know. It is a season finale that leaves you leaves you wondering, folks. You know, like, <laughs> uh, what, if the podcast, what will happen next year what if the Golden What berries? if the podcast just ended like right now, just done? Um it, we would have, it, we, would have it, to, we would have to spin off into a new podcast where we were like kind of like versions of ourselves, you know, a try low four six, you know, you get it. Try low. Oh, uh, ooh. Um, it does sound like reserved though we are. We're re- we're ready to call it. Uh, Cody, you introed yeah. this segment. Would you like? It doesn't even feel right to have a. To have a, <laughs> a drum roll. <laughs> the saddest, the saddest little drummer boy drum roll. No drum roll. Um, it, 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 <laughs> with with all of the with all of the melancholy I can muster, um, the winner of Try Love Best Picture of the Year 2021 is Drunken Master Two. Congratulations to everybody. Legitimately, this was. Um, I, I know we're coming off of. Um, I'm heel turning off of the discussion we just had, but like seriously, this was an incredible year um, with like a lot of amazing opportunities to to watch and talk about films with y'all. Um, and uh, yeah, that bummer note notwithstanding, um, I, I really, really did enjoy myself. I am I am absolutely cavelling over the chance to even do it. The fact that we get to do this, the fact that we have this connection to this thing, that we felt strongly enough to do this, it's a good sign. It's it's a weirdly good feeling. The fact that Jason has to edit it. The fact that I'm, uh, to I'm free from those duties. Editings, uh, between now and Wednesday night. Not to prolong this, um, uh, I listened, I, I, I did something before this that I rarely ever do, and I, I listened to an episode of ours, last year's Golden Berries, just to, to be certain, um, to make that clear. Uh, and what we did was we, we ran through um, the, the categories as a sort of recap. I don't know if that's something we want to do this time as well. Just the person that presented, just kind of go through one by one, and we'll just remind everybody, just and, and we can put in the, the timestamps, hey, at, a, at hour five, minute 13, skip here to just hear all the winners um this year does that sound okay to you guys yes i cannot yes. wait sweet uh in that case um aaron i i think well yeah we, we don't need to go through the pickies again i don't think we can just start with the categories which is um the dry run courtesy of one aaron grossman and i'm just doing the winner correct yeah yep okay uh try love's 
Best Trilon Dry Run uh, went to Mon Oncle by Jacques Tati. Nice. And this year's winner of the uh, Rashomani's Award was Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo. This year's winner of the Best Film Series at the Trilon was the Polly Platt Film Series. This year's Best Non-Film Series Film, Best One-Offs Film at the Trilon was Lady Terminator. This year's Worst and. Excel Spreadsheet Reader. <laughs> this year, uh, the movie that we're saddest about not recording on went to The Story of a Three-Day Pass, uh, directed by Melvin Van Peebles. Rest in peace, Melvin. Uh, and the movie, uh, the winner, rather, of the movie that we definitely, totally understand is Mirror. Enough said. The winner of the Best Director at the Trilon in the year 2021 was Wong Kar Wai. The Best Restaurant Scene or Sequence in a film screened at the Trilon this year was the Royal Garden Restaurant Sequence from Playtime. The winner of uh, this year's Best Guest on the Trial of Podcast is Bruce's Cat Chaco. Miss you, buddies. The winner of Best Cody's Noti, uh, although we appreciate all of them, went to uh, the Cody's Noties from episode 106 on In the Mood for Love, which was the Noties approved Tony Lung Chu Y alignment of character report, uh, otherwise known as Natal Quacker. Natal Quacker. Natal Quacker. Natal Quacker. The simp of the year. In the year of the simp 2021 has to go to Zhao Zhang of the Hand, what sometimes known by us as the Handyman. Zhao Zhang, congratulations. <laughs> you are the simp of the year. King of the Trilon goes to Tony Lung Chu Wai, seen in the Wan Kar Wai film series at the Trilon. Queen of the Trilon goes to Anita Mui uh, for a number of films, but uh, I think most notably Rumble in the Bronx and Drunken Master and this year's try love best picture goes to drunken master 2 a wonderful showing from all candidates from all nominees we uh you know we um, have one more thing i I didn't know if we were going to remember it we have one more thing that i think harry needs to announce for next year correct i would be happy that's what a what a feast uh, uh, for me, certainly, that I got to introduce both the Simp of the Year in 2021 and I have the singular honor of introducing 2022's theme. We have decided going forward from now on, as we did this year with 2021's Year of the Simp, Do every the year will receive a nomination or a designation. Yes, Jason, that would be lovely. This year's designation, 2022, is the year of... The Little Freak. It is the year of the Little Freak in 2022. We will be watching out for the littlest of the freaks, and we will be watching out for your favorite Little Freak. So let us know this year, the year of the Little Freak. It's happening. We'll see you for next year's Golden Berries. Congrats to my brother (laughs) for for winning despite not being in any films shown at the trial on next year. Congrats to Nick Grossman. Uh, uh, look, if John Moret schedules uh, or programs rather a series around Barry Keon, it's it's over for literally 
all comers. Yeah, well, and and a thousand apologies to both Klaus Kinski and the Penguin, as played by Danny DeVito, who would have been absolute crushers in the Year of the Little Freak category. But sadly, they are not nominated because this is not yet the Year of the Little Freak. That starts soon. Look forward to it. Uh, December 2022. Um, I hope. I hope we get as many. I hope it's a really, really hard battle uh, because I don't know what, what fun is just somebody who runs away with it. Right. Uh, and you know, our, our true favorite from this evening, uh, it's you dear listener. Thank you so much for, for joining us for this ridiculous amount of audio content, um, that all sort of ended in a sound, uh, with, uh, with our reserved final best picture, uh, nomination and winner. Uh, but we're really glad you stuck around. We really, we really had a lot of fun. I seriously had a lot of fun doing it. I've hit my second wind. I don't need food for another like three days. Uh, but we are, uh, if you haven't, if you haven't, you know, if you're not familiar yet, we're, we're Trilove. Uh, we're a podcast about movies we saw, people we meet, and other cool things that happen at the Trilon. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Trilove Podcast. You can find the Trilon at Trilon Cinema and at Trilon.org. Uh, there are already some movies ready for 2022 to buy tickets to. Um, and I mean full in 2022, not just possession on New Year's Eve. I mean like out into February and shit. Go there, find tickets, support the Trilon. Um, gonna need it. Uh, God knows what this time next year will look like. Uh, In the meantime, my name is Jason Daphnis. Hopefully beyond the meantime as well. But you can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. If you've made it this far, um, thank you for listening. Um, Here's to 2022. Get vaxxed, get boosted, mask the fuck up. I swear to God. Um, Regardless, um, thank you again. I've been Cody Narvis, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. Jason said that our favorites of the year were you, the listeners. I must respectfully disagree. My favorite continues to be Maggie Chung. However, uh, you are all a close second. Um, The queen of the trilon has to go first, but, you know, being second to Maggie Chung is no mean feat. Anita Mui's gone Uh, first. And (laughs) I... It's still fresh. Yeah, no, the the wound is still, you know. um, I'm really looking forward to next year. Uh, This podcast means the world to me uh thank you all so much for listening thank you all for participating um it's really enriched my life and uh ability to appreciate movies more importantly uh see you all see all you little freaks in the new year i've been harry mack and you can find me at shiitake harry my name is aaron uh look did i say 40 millimeter instead of 30 millimeter due to the presence of 40 millimeter ammo in games such as the fallout series Maybe I like video games. Uh, what? If you have a pri- if you see me in public, don't talk about it. Mm. Don't mention it. Don't ask me questions. J- uh, Aaron, I do. But if you I do have find me out, on Twitter, Aaron, I do yeah. have to point out that you did say yeah. uh, thirty millimeter. That is again incorrect. Oh, the 30? 35 millimeter is, is the type of uh, film stock that, that we, DJ. Can we run that yeah, back? Yeah, I, I don't need to. He said forty. He said forty. Yeah, I said forty. I thought about the gun too. No, no. He said. He said. Did I say forty instead he of said forty, 40 millimeter? Instead of 30. Oh my god, he even fucked up his correction? Holy so, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. You did, buddy. Alright, look, I'm going to re-listen to this just to make sure, but regardless... You are? Uh, something about Amazon. So you wait, find me on Twitter, wait, Eric, please. No one's I, saying at this point, I'm just going to fade out. Can I, make, can I, make, fade can I get out. you to confirm what you yeah. didn't say? I mean, I didn't say 35mm. Yeah, I'll admit that, of course. What? I need something to edit your voice to. Just say 30. No, fuck you. You're trying to to edit over the part so I come off stupider. I understand what you're doing.
Uh, let's let's let Cody give his wonderful benediction. Uh, bringing back um, a line from Harry earlier. Now seems like the appropriate time for it. Good night. Good luck. Fuck you, James Woods. Yeah.